Happy holidays from Dr. Bewell. I know that most of us associate the weather getting chilly with flu and cold season, but here at Dr. Bewell, we call it bad sugar season. As Americans, we generally eat like shit. During this time of year, with the holiday and other related stresses, those horrible eating practices tend to get kicked into overdrive. We offer a solution in the form of full-spectrum RSO-infused raw local honey because we shouldn't be walking around eating nerd rope all day. This holiday season, why not let the bees handle the heavy lifting that your sweet tooth demands, while adding a little giddy-up to your mood and smoothing out the rough edges we all tend to find at holiday parties, gatherings, and events. So, from all of us in the Dr. Bewell family to you and yours, we wish you a beautiful holiday season. And don't forget... Dr. B. Well, honey, is the best cannabis stocking stuffer on the market. I think it's fair to say that most people know how vital strength training is for long-term health and fitness, but find it hard knowing where to start. I'm here to say that also included me, Dr. Steve. You want to make sure you're doing exercises correctly, you don't want to get hurt, and you have no idea how to structure a workout program to get the best results. I've been there. In fact, this is where I found myself a few months ago. That's where on-target fitness comes in. At OnTarget, every client gets their own custom strength program, tons of individual attention in their unique small group format, and the common sense nutrition and health coaching necessary to make a lasting lifestyle upgrade. As a new member of OnTarget, I'm not only seeing major changes in my body, but also in my overall quality of life. In the past, I've struggled with using proper form. Well, let me tell you, whether it's Coach Joe or Coach Ryan, they've got you covered with technique. Even movement patterns as simple as walking have improved since I've started. When I was working out by myself without a program, I was often lost and lacked the motivation to challenge myself. Not at On Target. The energy and support in the group dynamic is truly game-changing. I have so much fun every time I work out. If you're ready for lasting change, don't hesitate to schedule a complimentary strategy session at www.ontargetfit.com. During this session, you'll learn a lot, make a plan, and only move forward if it's right for your budget, schedule, and goals. I met with Coach Katie, and she was awesome. So please, if you need that giddy-up back in your life, get on over to ontargetfit.com and schedule your session today. Welcome back. Today, we have an extra special treat for everybody. Uh, today, we're, we're, it's a Saturday. We're in the studio. Uh, it's Veterans Day. Uh, it is Veterans Day today, right? Today, yeah. Today, yeah. It's Veterans Day today, uh, so it's a, you know such a giddy up. Uh, you know, my, my guest, my guest today. Uh, you know, this gentleman. Uh, you know, he, you know, by 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 trade, he is a, a lawyer. He's a cannabis lawyer. Uh, by heart, uh, he is an advocate. Uh, you know, he is a lover. He's a yogi. He's a seeker of wellness. Uh, he's one of the most articulate people that I have ever met. Um, he, he constantly, uh, brings, uh, you know, brings joy to, you know, to, to conversations. He, uh, has some of the, the best perspective, uh, you know, that I have, uh, you know, recently seen, uh, you know, in my relationships and I, I'm, I'm so excited to get into it today. I'm so excited to have this, this guy on the show. My, uh, my, my guest today, uh, is, is Gustav Stickley the fifth. Let's go. Nice. Thank What's you. up, Gus? Thank you, Steve. You're too kind. I'm glad to be here. Um, big fan of Dr. B. Well, but bigger fan of the mission that you have and, uh, and that your company has. So, thank, thank you so much, brother. I, uh, I, it is like, it's, it's an honor for, you know, it's, 
Uh, you know, we, we talk about it like, you know, when we first, you know, when we, uh, you know, when you came in today, we, 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 you mentioned it and it's, I didn't even think about it, but it's, we had met and then like within, you know, six hours of meeting, it was like, we got, you got to come on the show, man. Oh yeah. You got to come on the show. And we met, we met at night having breakfast in the morning. You know, he did not sleep over. <laughs> uh, isn't, isn't that awesome? We, we, yeah, exactly. We met at night, met, met about 7, you know, 7 p.m. Uh, you know, we're having breakfast. We're having breakfast the next day. Yep. That's, and that's, uh, you know, that's how, how you know. Um, it's something cool that, like, a lot of people, they don't, uh, especially being, like, an adult male, it's sometimes that's, like, it's hard for, for people to do that stuff, you know, yep. to, like, we, we get in our own way or we overthink things and, uh, like we're not allowed to have like relationships with anybody um it, it hinders relationships that we can have with people at least yeah, and and making friends as an adult is i've found to be very similar to courting a significant other and i think that makes people uncomfortable like you shouldn't be going after friends in the way you would a lover but it's like a lot of the same principles and they work well you know so like i'm sitting at home like should i text them or maybe it's a little bit too soon or you know can we get together i don't know does like we could have, I could go up to his place. I could stay over for a night. You know, whatever. You know, it's just it's interesting how you, if you approach it that way, I think you have a lot more success because I think that's like, that's the that's the principles you create relationships on is the the one with a lover. But if you empl- if you employ those principles with a friend, I think it hires a success rate. That's that's what I've done, and I've got some awesome guy and girlfriends. But well, I, lo- I love that because like. You know, you, you were, I'm very much so like that too. I'm, I'm like full, like, uh, maybe I'm allowing myself to be like fully vulnerable or like what, you know, maybe that's what it is, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm, I, I want to put myself out there and I want to be welcoming and friendly and show people that like, you know, we can live in a society where, you know, people can meet and then, yeah. And then maybe they can have a sleepover, you know, cause that's, that's what I was. It was still real, exactly, because that's, uh, you know, today's a, a beautiful Saturday, and I, uh, you know, when Gus and I we were first talking, I, we were going to do that. We were, you know, he was going to bring his, he was going to bring his, uh, you know, his partner up, his significant other up, and they were going to stay the night, and, and it's like that, like, just from a new friendship, you know, yep. from people who'd only spent, like, you know, maybe a total of, like, you know, six hours together, yep. you know, that that's a really cool thing. Now, it's not going to end up happening, because there's, you know, some other things happened, and, you know, work and life and, and whatever, but, like... There's time. To, yeah, exactly. Yes, man. There's time, and like it's it's uh, it's just really cool to to you know to allow that to allow stuff for like that to happen in relationships. I think people get a little nervous if you if you allow yourself to be that vulnerable. Then then what? Right? It's exposure, and I think it's a human reaction to try to close off to that stuff. But you have only found it to be rewarding. I have only found it to be rewarding, and. It's 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 the way to do it. It's the way to do it. It's it's yeah. We live like with like a lot of superficialness and like just like because of technology, because of the world that we live in, and like everything. It everyone has like these barriers up, and they they don't allow people to like truly see who they are. Maybe they're nervous, um, and it does it. It, it hinders. It, it makes like life less joyful. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been. I, I've been making friends like you know as an as an adult. Just like you said, I I think I think that's a cool way. Like I said. The, the guy who helps me articulate things. Yes, like I, I, I've been approaching relationships, um, you know, with that same type of care that I would, you know, with a significant other. Should, should I text them? Should I text them? Do you know, is this a good time? You know, you have to have that type of care um, and like intention. If you think that there's a, um, you know, a vibration, a frequency when you meet somebody yeah. and you say, oh, this is, a, this is there's a vibe here. Yeah. Like, why not explore it? Why not go for it? You know, our, uh, our gut, you know, our, our gut, you know, that, that feeling that we have is such a, 
it's such a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about it, like it's like a pseudoscience, like our, our gut feelings are, you know, like you're, there's a chemical reaction happening in your body that's telling you that, you know, that it's connected to your consciousness, that's connected to that, you know, whatever scenario or, you know, other people's consciousness that's happening and it's saying, this is good, you know, go towards it, you know, go towards this. That's what a, a gut feeling is. That's a muscle to flex too, right? Like it, it, you, I trust my gut. You, you trust your gut. Um, I didn't always trust my gut. Right. As I developed as a human being, my gut told me X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I followed it. Sometimes I didn't. Maybe it was a good idea. Maybe it wasn't. But now I know, I mean, it's my most harmonious piece of my body. If I'm feeling something, I'm going to go with it. And if I'm wrong, that's okay. My gut's been right enough. You know, it's an imperfect science, but you know, you're not going to be too hard on it. Um, and I think that comes with, with knowing yourself, right? Because then your gut's not speaking a different language. It, it's, yeah. it knows you, it knows, knows what's best. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's you like, you know, knowing yourself is the, is one of the key tenets to, uh, you know, to wellness. And that's kind of like what we're talking about. That's definitely what a lot of this episode is going to be about tonight is is, today is, is about, uh, you know, is about wellness and how we all find, you know, that's what the show is about, right? Like we all have a different path to wellness and we all, uh, you know, and and that's a good thing. And we need to just share that because maybe my path to wellness can help somebody else's path to wellness, but it doesn't need to be the exact same. Um, and like relationships is a, is a huge, huge, huge portion of it. Like there's a lot of people in our world that like don't have these relationships and they don't have a support system. And there's definitely been times in my life when I haven't had, when I, when I haven't had the relationships, the, you know, the depth of relationships that I've had now, um, you know, I had to become this person. And, um, you know, for a while I wasn't that, you know, I was a, a shell of this person. I was a lot sicker and I, 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 I didn't have these relationships and I didn't feel as good or I didn't feel like my life was as full. Yeah, um, and that, no. yeah, that makes me sad, right? Cause that, that a lot of people are, are, are living that way. Yeah. So how did you get there? Right? Like you were at a, you're at a point where you didn't have the meaningful relationships that were filling your cup every day. I mean, did you ask yourself, I, uh, did you realize I needed those? You, I, uh, yeah, I, I did. But at that time I didn't necessarily know that I, uh, I was, I was, some people are so sick and I think I was so sick that. I didn't realize that at all. I was just in pure survival mode. Sure. And I is, is what ended up happening is sometimes you can call it, you know, lightning in a bottle, but I got one of those relationships, oh. you know, the, you know, the person who I, who I, who I married to, um, you know, she saw me still as the, the person that I see today that sits in front of you. She, she saw that then. And I said, well, okay. Like, you know, that helped me, like, you know, believe in myself and say, like, why did I, I you know, I, I've always been this person. That's who I want to be. And I, 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 for a while, I wasn't the, you know, the, the fully realized version of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I still was a, aren't. I st- of course not. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But I, I was even, I wasn't even on like the, the journey, you know, I was going, to, I was, yeah, I was so far. And, but that's when I said, wow, okay, let's, let's start this journey, you know, and, and guess what? It, I didn't get, I didn't start doing yoga that day. You know, I didn't do that, but I started to care for myself a little bit more. And I realized that because I had this relationship, I had this relationship that I had value. I did have worth. And I don't think that people should put value in, um, you know, and that's not what I'm trying to say is that, like, I, I thought that I had value because this relationship, it says, no, I, I, I this is what I was striving for. You know, I, I was, I mean, I was yearning for, I was yeah. yearning to, to, to have this, you know, this intimate relationship with somebody where I could talk about the way that I feel and the way that, you know, this person feels, and then we could help each other try to understand life and go through life. And then I realized like, oh, I can, 
I can still do this with, you know, all these people, uh, you know, all the people in my life that maybe I had, you know, lost it. And, I, and, and it's great because I even brought back a ton of relationships yeah. that I. Which isn't that, always easy. Definitely isn't easy, you know, and so it's that that was a, it, it was it was a lot of fun to, to to see that now and then you just start to seek it out more. You want to become yourself more and I, you know, you start doing the yoga and then you start dancing and then you start your own companies and then you, st- you know, and then you, uh, you know, you're doing a podcast, you yeah. know, like there, you know, if, you know, now I can't wait to see the, f- you know, even more fuller realization mm-hmm. of myself. But I, I know that I'm super happy, you know, doing that because of the and that was the transformation is that I. I met somebody, she was great, and she helped me see the value in relationships so that I could see like, okay, that's a that's a really important tenant. That's an important tenant of wellness, and it makes me feel really good. I'm going to go towards that feeling of good. Yep. Um, and this stuff also makes me feel really good, uh, you know, eating better, exercising, uh, taking care of myself, you know, having a passion, something that I'm passionate about, creating that, turning that passion into my job. Yep. Um, like all that stuff helped fill me up. I like how you're saying how you're connecting the relationship relationships with, with wellness. Cause I think that in my own path, um, to wellness, which, you know, includes a multifaceted approach of many things, I think it's embedded in my relationships and that gave me the confidence and the comfort to try to find out more about myself and fully realize who I, who I am. Cause I've been so fortunate. I have had real friends since high school and I've met people especially in college where I made more amazing friends who are near and dear to my heart. Um, they didn't really want to go home on spring break or, or, or Thanksgiving break or something. And there was, it wasn't jealousy, but some of my friends would mention like, you're so lucky Gus, you get to go home to your hometown and like your boys are just waiting for you, you know? And that was the first time in my life. I was like, I am super lucky. I mean, some of my high school friends are still very close to me. I'm 31 now, you know, we've moved, across towns, across states, um, will go apart for a year, year and a half. And then you just, you just pick up the phone and you call them and they answer. And I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have that. And I think that's what now I'm like, I'll do more. They've held me accountable. So I'm okay with being humbled. I'm okay with being told my behavior maybe wasn't the best. Um, you know, still don't love it, but I'm working on it. Um, they've always been very real to me and, 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 and made me push myself to, to who I want to be. You know, if I'm saying something, saying one thing and acting inconsistently, they're going to call me on it, you know? So it helped me find who I wanted to be. Um, and said, well, rather who I am, who I wanted to be wasn't always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It helped you. It helped you realize who you are. And, and I think like, uh, uh, it's, it's funny because my, my experience is I, I had those boys and I definitely, you know, for a while it was that way. And then for a, some stuff happened, you know, with a girl and, and I kind of was the outcasted one. Yeah. Um, and I still had a few of them that, that kind of came with me. And, and then my, my college boys, you know, they, they were, you know, I was so close with them and developing those relationships. And, but I'll tell you what, man, like when I, uh, you know, you can, uh, when I get together with some of these guys, like, you know, this, you know, one of the best men in my wedding, you know, this, this kid, Jake Marcus, like I've been best friends with this kid since I was in sixth grade and like, I'm going to get to see him next weekend. And like, it's just different. It's different when we come together. We, like you said, we can, we can hold each other accountable in a different way. We can communicate in a different way. And like, and our relationship did have like a lot of struggles and stuff and like, but it's, but that's, that's for, it's a friendship forged in fire, you know? Yeah, a friendship forged. You, you, you can't have a, a real deep relationship with somebody without getting in a fight, I don't think. 
you know i have i have one of my buddies jim um he is when i talk about courting a friend that's who i think of because really like when i had met him i was like this kid is so cool um like i want to hang out with it like and i felt a vibration real fast and i think he did too but did he yeah now he started asking yourself these questions um and i like pursued him I pursued him as a friend. It's the only way that I can say it. I said, we joke about it now, but like we pursued each other, you know, yeah. are you free on Saturday? Like, I think I can make the night work, you know, it's just, um, and he's, uh, I lost my train of thought, but I just love Jim. <laughs> Jim, Jim I, I, I got, I got a little overwhelmed with my love we, for Jim. No, it's, it's exactly. So my, like you said, my, my, my love for my buddy Jake is like, it's the same, you know, you forge these relationships that are forge and fire. You were probably going to tell me uh, about a fight yes, that you had. Yes. We have, uh, there, I've like said things before. And instead of him kind of just letting it roll off, and he's like, Gus is my friend, I'm just going to, whatever. He'll call me on it and be like, what you said had offended me or had hurt me. And now I have to respond to that. And maybe the first response is, well, hey, man, like, how did I get there? You did this or whatever. Um, hopefully that's not where it starts. Most of the time now when we discuss, it's like, you're right. I'm sorry. It's not what I meant. I'm, I don't say you misheard me, right? Like, that wasn't my intent. This is what I had meant. And he's there ready to forgive and vice versa. I'm like, hey, Jim, you did this and it kind of offended me. Like, why, why do you, are you un, uh, underestimating my, like, love for you or my care, whatever it is, you know? Um, and, and, he, and, and he's there to take accountability and I'm there to forgive. And we've done this dance maybe three or four times. And now I just feel like there's nothing our friendship can't conquer because we've spent a day or two being pissed at each other. But you're not pissed at anybody you don't like. I just don't talk to you anymore. It's easy, right? Like when you're pissed at somebody, it's like, well, I really wish they were better because I like being with them, you know? Um, it's a friendship forged in fire. I can think of these, these fights, and I feel awful. But most of the time, they're merited. I said something without the requisite thought, and this is the result, and I'm glad he called me on it because look at us now. Uh, I just yeah. asked him to be a groomsman at my wedding a couple weeks ago. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did he say yes? He said yes. Okay. He was surprised. He's like, you have so many friends. Like, are you sure you want me? I'm like, that's a dumb question. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a cool thing when you, you know, you go through that process, like the, you know, the groomsman process and stuff, and you get to see, like, or just being a part of that. I've always enjoyed being a, a part of those. And, oh, it's and amazing. It's amazing. You know, I've been a, been a best man, you know, like, you know, three times. I've been a, a groomsman quite, you know, tons of times. Damn and it's dude. like just this amazing feeling. And like, I, you know, I love weddings. I love the love. I love you know, that the, like the people working together to support this one person, like, you know, the people on my boys on my wedding, dude, like they, you know, they, they crushed it, you know, yeah. they, they did a good job, you know, uh, and it was amazing, you know, when, when they showed up and, uh, you know, it's just like having, you know, the, uh, you know, basically is like, we always talk about on the show. It's a, one of the tenants is like the only way is through. And like, you know, like, yeah, me and my buddy Jake, dude, we have some, you know, some fucked up shit, you know, that's been, you know, been back and forth between us, you know, like some, you know, stuff that we've done, you know, I've done to him, he's done to me, but we just, we know that there's just so much value in our relationship and what we can do for each other. And, and we just, you know, we get past it and we, we, we return to the, you know, to the, the, the goodness. And it's like, that's such an important thing to be able to do. And I think, uh, you know, as what we're saying here is like people like, you know, don't be afraid to, to seek out relationships. Um, you know, you have to go through it. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be challenging sometimes, um, you know, but just don't be afraid of it. You know, I have two people in this room with me right now that I, you know, have, you know, met less than a year ago that like, you know, I consider like, you know, two of my best friends that I love, you mm -hmm. know, and like that's that I say I love you too. And like, that's a 
a thing that I don't necessarily say. I, I love everybody, but I don't tell everybody that I love them. You know, yeah. it's like it's people who I really care about and, and that I mean that to. And so it's like you can develop these relationships and you can find and it's such an important part of wellness. And like, um, you know, you talked about it. You know, you said something really cool that, you know, funny. I, I always say that, that so, you know, say something really cool. You said that you want. <laughs> yeah, see, I always hit the thing and it, and it cuts out for a second. I, 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 I predicted that was going to happen because it always happens. And you guys always hear me do it. And I'm sorry. And <laughs> Meg, our, our uh, you know, our video editor, Meg, she's, she does a great job, too. So, uh, you know, giddy up. Thank you, Meg. I got one for you. You're talking best men and we're talking friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, um, just asked my best man last weekend. To be, to be my best man. Same reaction. Like, I asked him, he goes, you want me to do your what? He's like, you sure? And he's like, I'm sorry. That just came out. Um, but uh, I have a good story with him. That's where, I, where I'm going. No. Um, I do, um, I guess, just, yeah, I use cannabis and use psychedelics. No, no, yes. <laughs> no, so hear, hear me out. This is where I was going. I, I remember I was going. Okay. I love this thing. So we... You, this is what yeah. me and Steve do, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah, this is how it goes. <laughs> and so... You you were saying how you wanted to be cool. You know, you oh, yeah. want in high school you wanted to mm -hmm. be cool and you were so focused on wanting to be cool and you were the class clown and you do you know, you do these things to you know, to get attention to be to, to become cool. Yep. And then and you realized that, that what was what I thought was cool. What you thought was cool. And and then and uh, you know, you you tell. You you know okay. where I'm going with this. Yeah, so yeah. Um Yeah, this is my intro to cannabis, I would say. Yeah. Um just middle school, honestly, uh, until high school, I was just um, a decent student, good family, um, had friends, but I always just wanted to be like one level cooler. I wanted to be with the pretty women. Um, I wanted uh, like the cool guys who were making a little bit of mischief. Like I wanted them to think I was cool or admire me like I did them, whatever, whatever it was. Um, and I tried hard and I, and it was a, it was a time where I think I strained my relationship with my parents because I was just doing silly stuff. Um, you know, my grades were fine, but they weren't up to my potential. Um, you know, fast forward to law school, you know, that's my potential. Um, but at the time, you know, I was just a middle of the road student and I got drawn to these kids. Um, they weren't necessarily troublemakers, but it was at that time where people are starting to drink, uh, maybe 14 years old. And it was pretty inaccessible to me, and I just didn't really like it. But there was a couple kids who would, you know, get together late night, you know, maybe sneak out of their house or something, and you meet in the road, and would just smoke a little cannabis and, like, sit in some grass and chat, you know? Um, I got into that. I got a real, I had a really good friend, uh, my buddy CJ. Uh, we're no longer as friends, um, just life. Um, no, no, no event happened. Um, he would come over, he'd sleep over my house. We'd wait for my parents to go to bed. Um, and we would, um, be in my basement room and we would just like smoke a bowl, play some video games and chit chat. I started finding new music through him, started finding out things about myself, started being vulnerable with him. He started being vulnerable with me. You know, um, I was never vulnerable. That's not cool. It's not cool to tell you that I have a strained relationship with a family member, but it colors in my day every day, you know, and affects me. Um, and being able to share that strife and stuff, I, I started opening up, you know, and then I became a stoner. So I was smoking with more people, a bunch of cool people, just having these conversations. And I started slowly becoming more consistent with who I was, not who I wanted to be, you know, just, I want to go hang out with people and I want to chat I, and I want to play video games, you know, and, and play sports, you know, um, and be nice to people, right? Like I was never a bully, but I probably got close to it because I thought that was something 
that would get me attention. Um, and as this, this transformation was going on, probably ages 14 to 17, really self-discovery. I think my sister played a huge part in that. We'd smoke together and just kind of link up as a team instead of separate siblings. Like, it's just you and me, man. That's beautiful. It, it was, I mean, she's she, Elizabeth Stickley, greatest person um, other oh, than my mom. Oh, that's giddy up. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, you know, opened my eyes. Everybody likes me, you know? Homecoming prince and homecoming king. That's not a brag. That's a meaningless thing. But all of a sudden, like, people are noticing me, but I stopped trying a while ago. I was just hanging out with really good people who brought the best out in me and held me accountable and then let me be vulnerable and honest with them. Um, I wasn't quite myself yet, capital S self, but I was seeing that person, and I was starting to be that person. Um, And college was just gasoline, you know, to the fire. Uh, I met the coolest people. Um, School started getting fun, right? You're choosing these, you know, I took a class in communism, fascism, and democracy, and now I'm in it. You know, I love this kind of stuff. Uh, You can't take that in high school. It's like you want AP world history or AP European history, and you do everything, a little bit of everything, instead of diving in. Um, And it all really happened. The, The Kickstarter was cannabis, just smoking a bowl. I remember being in my buddy's Chevy, Chevy Blazer, parked in a, in a, a lake parking lot. We smoked a bowl and we put on spaceship sounds on his radio and we reclined in the seats and we shared each other's company for probably an hour and a half. And I think about that, like I can, I put myself there right now easily. When I see him, that memory resonates through me. We, we just connected and did our thing. Um, I don't think you need cannabis to do that, but it cer- it certainly helped. It certainly helped. And I'm, you know, it, it, my heart swells when I think of those younger experiences using cannabis with friends. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like food, and that it like brings people together, and that it, it provides a sensory experience. Yep. Um, you know, when people say that about food, they say like, oh, it, it you know, it's like food. They they don't go to the next step. That it, it food also provides a very sensory experience. You know, you eat the food, and then you have dopamine, dopamine mm-hmm. rushing. You know, all these all these chemical reactions taking place, um, and that's the exact same thing that's happening. Uh, you know, with, with cannabis and this is a, it's, it's such a cool, it's such a, it's such a cool story to hear how you became cool. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and you know, <laughs> and I don't even know if I doing, became cool. Right. But no, but you did because in your head, you, that's what you, you, you wanted to be that and you became yourself and then you were, that, that's like, what does, what does cool mean? Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause like, I, I, you know, Jake was my, my best man, Jake Marcus, the guy I was referencing, my, my gym. And uh, he, uh, or not my gym necessarily, because I've known this guy forever, but my, who we were talking about, my, my uh, he, in his speech, you know, he told me, you know, Jake, when we were in high school, he was, uh, you know, he, he thought of himself as like a nerd, you know, like a, just a, a geek, a, a, guy, a guy who was like kind of a, is what he said, a weirdo, you know, he considered himself a weirdo. And like, I'm a weirdo and I love weirdos. I just happened to be like people like thought of me and this is Jake said in the speech this is not he said I was the most popular guy ever I was the po- most popular guy I was I was the cool guy I think and so but I didn't necessarily like see myself you as didn't that You feel cool huh Well no I I didn't I, I felt cool but like it didn't it is what felt cool was that when I is what felt cool was that I was like I, when you're a kid sometimes like some, some I was you know I was 
more fully realized then at, at, you know, at 12 and 13 than I had been at 26 when I had taken a, you know, a revert, I had gotten sick, yeah. you know, and now I'm, I'm back on that same path that I remember and I'm bringing myself into my, who I was in my inner child. But I went and I told, you know, Jake in that speech, you know, he, he reminded me that, that I went up to him when he was a kid and was like, dude, if, if you just be yourself, like, don't worry about any, don't worry about being cool. Like, yeah, if you yeah. just be yourself, yep. that is going to be the coolest thing ever. Yep, and you're going to feel good. And you're going to feel good. And, like, and it's cool because it's like, that's, I, I, I you know, I, I, he said that to me in that speech. And I said, shit, that's what I do every time when I get in my podcast studio. That's what I try to do every single day is I'm just trying to tell people that they need to be themselves yep. and they need to be who they are. And, we can, uh, you know, through like, you know, through these relationships, man, we're, we're, we're able to do that. And it's, it's so, it's, it's so cool that we, uh, you know, and I, and people, people are going to listen to this and be like, listen, Steve's saying how popular he was in high school. Gus is talking about how he was the homecoming king, you know, these assholes, you know, but what that, happened next in your life, you losers. You yeah. Know? Right. Well, that, and that's the thing it, for, I think with you, you know, with, with me both, we, we, you know, we started to learn, like I, you know, you go through, you know, times of, of, you know, you've, you've talked about this with me a little bit where you're not, you're not as happy and you're not as mentally, you know, you need to grow and you need to, and you need to have these, uh, you know, it's not all a linear straight track, you know, up. Yeah. yeah well, and, I think that's the kind of goes, I've never heard this before, but again, everyone's path to wellness is different. Like for me, it's always been like this. But for you, it sounds like 13, you were kind of crushing it and, and self-realizing, you yeah. know, and then you, and then you shot back up, you yeah. know, and, and, and who knows what the, the world has in store. I've always pictured it as a linear, well, I wouldn't uh, look but at, of course it's not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe and that's the, now we're talking about, you know, you know, Gus is going straight up there. I'm, I'm maybe it's, if you, if you stretch it out longer then sure, I, I always was going straight up, sure, but I was sure. on a track where I was going to be. And, and so maybe that's what you're saying. I yep. think, and I see you sometimes and I say, yeah, this is a guy who has been on this, this track, but just know that life isn't always like it's that. Like Some that, things, no. sometimes stuff does happen and it, you, you, you get, you know, whatever it could be, you know, whatever with me, it was mental health. It was addiction that, that I, that I didn't know existed within me, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, unresolved trauma from my childhood. And so then I, I, I get caught up with it. And it's like, then I definitely wasn't on that same trajectory for a while of wellness. I, I, and now I feel like now that I've got it figured out, this is the, the conundrum. I feel like now I do have it figured out in terms of, I will be on that straight linear path up. Sure. With but a couple I, road bumps. But maybe. I know, but I know from my past, and I think this is why maybe I, sometimes I have an advantage or maybe it's not an advantage. Maybe it actually, maybe it holds me back. Sometimes I, I know Hey Steve, there's no high horse. You know, you know, you know what can happen. Yep. You know what sadness is. You know what it is to not want to wake up in the morning always. You know, you know you that that existed within you. You know, and you need to figure out how to, you know, not not let that happen again. Um, and that's that's my focus a lot of the time for you know wellness is because I feel so good now and I just want to keep feeling better and better. Yep. But I do know that like. Maybe there, you know, maybe there that that could that could exist, you know, that that could exist for me. Yeah, and I I think if wellness has tons of things, but one of the things wellness does is give you the space to live authentically, to be yourself. If you're so caught up with the deafening roar of the world around you and your own thoughts and your own doubts and shortcomings, whatever, you're not leaving space to be yourself. And I think the whole exercise of wellness is geared towards that freeing up space to be you 
Um, and again, takes a thousand different paths. You know, we have ours, we have a lot of overlap, which makes it fun to talk about. But, um, I thought about dancing on the way up, um, trying to get better at it myself. Um, but one of our first conversations, you told me that you just had this burning passion to dance. Um, but that's a scary thing to go do in public, right? Be vulnerable in public. Um, and now it's a part of your wellness routine. Like dancing is probably, I I don't know if you still consider it a part, a part of uh, 100% to the point where it's like, it's, I tell Kayla, my partner, it's like, Hey, I need to go dancing. And she knows what that means. Like, Oh no, it's the same as somebody saying like, Oh, Hey, they need to go to the gym or they need to do this. Like, I need to go dancing and it, 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 not all the time. I don't abuse it. You know, it, you know, I have responsibilities, but it's like I, I, when I need to do it, I know I need to do it. And it's 100% a yeah. part of my wellness regime. I, I love that. I was thinking about that on the way up. It's, it's an aspect of mine. Right. But not, not like I've got my, my, my pillars, but man, does dancing make me feel great. Oh, uh, and the vulnerability that comes with dancing, being comfortable with that, I just think is good. I think that's what it was. I used to feel like I was going to throw up, man. Yeah, yeah. You You know, that was the story, right? Like, and I, it was going to be so sick because I didn't, I was so worried subconsciously of what everyone thought around me. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody. They're they're so busy thinking about themselves. That's it, dude. That's it. And like, you know, and that's, that's how we connected, you know, like some of that, that, that just like deep therapy work that, you know, that was like needed, whether it's, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you have somebody who's, you know, assisting you, you know, in that, like that's, that's where you can figure out a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And that's where I figured out, well, why, you know, why was I, you know, why, why was I subconsciously, you know, worried about everyone else? Why did I care? And, you know, and then I learned to breathe. I learned the yoga mm-hmm. and it's like, it's, yeah, man, wellness, it's, it's, it's about creating space so that you can get out of your thoughts for a little while so that you can be in. Sit in this thing right here, your body, you know? Be, yeah. And that's why I, t- I talk about all the time. That's what like, you know, yoga or anything, you know, people, why people do opiates or any drug is like, it, it helps you to just be comfortable in your body. Yeah. And that's like the cheat code. Why a lot of opiates and heroin and fentanyl is a huge problem in this country right now and everywhere is because it's immediate. It immediately makes people just. Oh yeah. The, well, the exercise we're talking about takes time and, and the progress is incremental. So you don't always see it. Um, I've always found that like, um, probably my, like my, my wellness journey, especially in the last like year or so has, um, has really started cruising. I, I started going to therapy in October of last year, just to kind of rough out the edges. I wasn't sad. I don't struggle. I'm very lucky. I don't struggle with any mental health things. I was like, I could, I could unpack some stuff though, you know, and kind of help me get some more space, um, for the people in my life. Um, I found that I was being a little short. Um, I was dealing with some external stress and it was t- kind of being converted into being short with people I love very much. And that's not fair. Um, but the progress I felt in the year is monumental. And if you could measure it tangibly, it's maybe a millimeter, you know, and, and you have to be comfortable with that. You have to be comfortable with like you go to the gym two months every day for two months. You're going to see change. If you're really doing your thing at the gym, you're going to see change. You're going to feel better. Your muscles are going to be bigger. You're going to be faster. You're going to be stronger. If you work hard with your wellness for two months, you're lucky if you feel any differences. I hope you do, but you got to keep going. It takes discipline and willpower to keep going. Um, and then all of a sudden, hopefully lightning in a bottle or, um, you know, you're just living healthier and you'll start to notice things. I've started to notice things in the last year. Just uh, frustration management is probably the biggest thing. I let more stuff than I ever did. Um, and that's because I, when frustration boils up, you know, I recognize it, I work with it, I give it space. You know, why are you here? 
friend, great timing, you know, <laughs> you know, about to go home and relax. Thank you for coming now. Um, but you welcome it, you deal with it. And, and now that I've made this room, frustration just goes away a little easier than it used to. Um, it feels good. So you, you, you bring it up, so you, you, you meet it with positivity? And good humor. That, that was one of the things. that We, we talked about this on the phone, but I, I love this. It makes me giggle every time. But, um, you know, our emotions are not on the same clock as us. Um, you know, you don't, you don't clock in at 9 and, and clock out at 5. So I find that frustration boils up in me at the most inconvenient times. And instead of being like, I got to do this thing, I, I can't be like... I got to write something, right? I'm an attorney. I'm drafting a contract. I got to be laser focused if I want to get this done in the amount of time I have. But now I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated that I'm frustrated. So now I'm cyclically getting more frustrated, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm behind on work and I can't do this thing. Um, but now when frustration boils up, I just giggle and I go, welcome. Where are you been, buddy? It's great to have you back. You know, how are you feeling today? You know, like in my mind, I'm having this psychotic uh, little conversation with a piece of myself. And because of that, it speaks to me. It doesn't articulate perfectly, but all of a sudden I'm like, hey, well, you know, I'm frustrated. You know, and it's always something dumb, right? Like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but my frustration rarely has a good example. But I identify it and I go, you know, okay, that's something worth being frustrated about, but it's also not worth losing my day over. So you got to acknowledge it too. You can't suppress it. Yeah, you're you going to meet, it where, sh- meet it where it's at. Shove it down. Give it the space uh, and, and work with it. That's been, it's, it's been fun. And when that happens and I go, I'm getting better at this, you know? But again, it's, it's, it's incremental progress and that's discouraging for some people. It's not immediate. Um, dr- drug use or, um, you know, f- f- physical, you know, gr- gratification. Those things work too, but they're, they're, they're temporary. Wellness is like permanently improving, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, they're, they're fleeting, you know, it's a yeah. quick, it's quick dopamine, it's quick, it makes you feel good temporarily, but it's, dude, it, it's, you have, like, I, I really like how you talk about this and how you say, like, we need to meet, um, you know, meet it with positivity and meet our frustration with positive, with positivity and, and humor. Um, this is like, this is a hack, like, this is a, 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 a serious hack that anybody can use, like, it, it any type, it can be anger, it can mm-hmm. be sadness, mm-hmm. um, like any of your emotions, they, we don't control when they come up. It's, it's you know, you, you said it perfectly, there's no time clock, we can't control when they come up. So how do we, how do we control those so that we can get through our life? Yeah. And like the more we do it, the better we get at it. Mm-hmm. That's like 100% true. And it's something that I like equate this to and that people can, you can see if you want to see something that you can, you know, you can physically change, you know, change your emotions and, and how, and, and like how sensitive we are to, to certain things. It's like the same thing as like going in cold water. Okay. So you have, you don't want to go in the cold water. And at first you do it and you're like, that's, you know, sucks. I don't want to do that. I, you know, you have negative, I'm out, I'm out, fuck, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm going to die. I'm, I, I, that can never be good for me. You know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm out, fuck. If you instead you go in there and you you touch it and you say oh it's cold 
Yeah, okay. okay, a little cold. That's you what know, cold yeah, feels like. That's what cold feels like. But you laugh a little bit. You yeah. know, you smile. You say it's really cold. It's really <laughs> cold, dude. I'm, I, this is why am I even doing this? I'm doing yeah. this because it's gonna make me feel better afterwards. Okay, okay, that seems a little crazy, but I gotta do this. And this is funny, and this is great, and I gotta meet this with positivity. Steve, don't be scared. Don't be a coward. Just do this because it's it might hurt right now, but the only way is through. And you yeah. gotta smile, and you gotta go through. And so you get in the cold water, and you go through it, and then it's better. And then by the hundredth time you've done that, it's like, you don't really need to do that. You know, you don't need to, you know, you're just smiling. At, it's now just, you go right into the cold. Right into the cold. Exactly. You go right in the cold and you're smiling and you're smiling doing it. And like, it's, it's a long term. you know, it takes a hundred times to get to yep. that point. But once you get to that point, you know, after you do it for a week, it's going to, you know, going to be a little bit easier. And with physical stuff, we're able, our bodies are able to, to have that connection a little bit more. Now, when you're doing something that's entirely mental, it's going to take some more time. Take more time. Yeah. So um, we could talk about this later, and I'll give you some stuff. But what this idea we're talking about, and I'm I'm sorry if I butcher this, but this is internal family systems. This is a a um, kind of school of thought for therapy and for self realization and, and 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 for wellness, where you feel emotions or 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 anything. I I feel like emotion is too limiting of a word, but because I'm not a professional in this space. Let's just use the word emotion. You feel an emotion, one that makes you uncomfortable like cold water. And instead of doing what we all do and jam it down or get angry that it's come up or be Run frustrated, away. like you're sad for four days in a row, don't you get a little mad that you can't be happy like the other guy on the train or whatever? Um, instead of feeling those things, you, and this is hard, again, you make int incremental progress in this, but you breathing helps and all that jazz and there's some other like actually modalities that you, that you can do around your body and um but you give it space and you acknowledge it like it's a separate person internal family all of your emotions are family that lives within you the ship should be captained by the capital s self but all these other players in the family want attention and they'll draw you away and then they, maybe they grab the wheel for a little bit and you're like i don't like when frustration grabs the wheel you know i like when self I like when Gus, capital S, self is driving the wheel, you know? But if you, I always picture it when I breathe through it and do this exercise, I picture it like a board of directors meeting. The self is the chairman, and you've got all these screaming babies, man, <laughs> you know? you got frustration. For me, I've got the, the critic. The critic is always there. He's very vocal. Um, and, I, and you personify them. And then you, through a bunch of things, I highly recommend reading a book by Dr. Richard Schwartz, who is the founder of this concept. And, Sure, he's just internal family systems. Yeah. yeah, and what's the name of the book? Um, it's called Introduction to Internal Family Systems by by Dr. Richard Schwartz. Um, then you isolate that feeling. So for the critic, I picture him. He looks just like me, but he's a little sterner, uh, and he's dressed nice, and he wags a lot of fingers. You know, he's like Gus. You said you were going to get up for the gym at six a.m. this morning, and it is eight fifteen. You've been snuggling. <laughs> you've been snuggling with Bonnie for two hours. Get going, you know. And instead of beating the hell out of myself, I go okay. I'm really glad you're here. You hold me accountable. I have achieved things in my life because you are hanging around making sure I got, you know, boots on the ground moving forward towards my goals. But you don't need to yell at me all the time. I'm talking to myself, right? But you have this dialogue and they'll talk. You know, you feel it. You're like, yeah, but you said you were going to get up. I'm like, I know I did. But not everything I say to myself... I have to follow through with, I'm pretty good and I'm going to strive to be better. And I accept myself and I love myself unconditionally. Little mantra, whatever. Um, you take that part of your internal family and you discuss 
like a family issue you have. And after starting doing this, I am much more self-led than I've, I've ever been. Um, tons of room for improvement. Um, but it, it feels good to have mastery over my wild family. Wild family. Everybody's got a wild family inside them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everyone's got a wild family inside them. And, like, most of this, like... You know, we all want to affect the other people in this in this world. I wanted to, like, that's my biggest thing, right? Like, I want to affect people, you know. Jacob might call it the savior complex. <laughs> um, but, you know, I that's my, I want to have effect on the world. And, I, 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 you know, that's important to me. And I learned that, like, that if I'm not well and I'm not, you know, taking care of my house and I'm not taking care of it, then it's, it, it seeps into every single aspect of my life and yeah. affects every single portion and experience and relationship that I have. And now it's going to, it's going to start spiraling, right? Like if you're disappointed in yourself because the relationship's not going well, the relationship's not going to get any better by you heaping disappointment on yourself. So you're, you're, you're fulfilling what is making you upset. Yeah. It's self, it's self-fulfilling and it's, it's you, 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 um, then you just like kind of get addicted to that negativeness that negative feeling you know you're making yourself feel bad making yourself you know the the, the you know the critic you know you know always coming down on you get like addicted to that feeling so you can almost even create situations like your you know you create oh, yeah. situations like this for yourself where and it's like that's it's horrible when it's like you should just be able to we all should be able to just be able to to figure out what who we are what we want to do realize that we all have emotions and to be able to talk Talk through this, get yeah. through it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, obviously therapy is really helpful or if you have good friends, that's super helpful. But I get, I mean, there's friends I, I'm not vulnerable with, you know, they're not as deeply my friends as other ones are, but uh, I've been fortunate to, you know, tell people the biggest disappointments of myself, you know, and just kind of work through it. And we say it out loud, you can start working through it. And, and I think this kind of self-reflection is critical um, and you don't see enough of it. Yeah. I don't want to sound cynical, but um you know, a lot of people are so focused on the loudest things in their lives, you know, and you do need to, you need to dull that through all of the stuff, right? Um, for me, yoga for sure, um, reading, diving into my relationships. Like if you're having an, a bad day, call a friend and catch up. When you leave that call, call my sister, <laughs> um, which I don't do enough, Elizabeth, I'm sorry. Um, you leave that call and whatever you were upset, frustrated, angry about, it's at least diminished. I want to find anybody who can tell me differently, you know? Yeah. I, uh, that's the thing is like my, you know, my critic, he, he'll tell you different. He'll say, oh, yeah. he'll oh, say, yeah. Hey, you oh, cocksucker, what yeah. are you doing? Wasting time. Yeah. Stop call, trying to call, calling a friend, calling a friend for personal time. Yeah. You own a business dude. Time to get to work. Yeah. You you're know? a father. Yeah. You're a father. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but that's, but then I got to tell him cause I guess what I got to say, why are you saying that? That's that's funny you're over there saying that when I'm over here feeling this good from that conversation that I just had with yeah. my friend. And, you it, know? And, and thank him for being there. And, yeah, and thank you because I know that you're going to get me up tomorrow yeah. and you're going to make me drive and you're going to make me, you know, do, you know work the 12-hour days and the 15-hour days yeah. when I need to. Yep. And, I, and I love you for that because that's can, a giddy up. Power down every once in a while, my friend, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can power down. That's that's a it's a it's a really uh, you know such a really cool way to look at it, and I, I, a unique way to look at it. I don't. I wish more people were doing it. I wish it was more. You know, I wish I had heard about it more. You know, you were the first person who. Uh, this is something that I've like been kind of like you know doing on my own. Like been you know been uh, just 
naturally, you know, through therapy and like, but no one had ever talked to me about, you know, personifying this and doing this until, you know, we had actually talked about it. And I just think that this should be something that's more widespread because, you know, you said something about mantra early, like a little self mantra, like, yo, if you're not saying a mantra to yourself every morning, like you're not doing it right. Like you need your, your language is important. And like what we hear and you know, what we hear and what we say to ourselves is like so important and so powerful that it, it, you need to do it. And, and these conversations that you're having is just that. It's a self-mantra. It's self, you know, you're, you're constantly, um, you know, constantly, uh, you know, uh, making, you know, reassuring yourself. You're constantly reassuring yourself. And that's, that's the way that you learn. That's the way that you train your nervous system over a long period of time. Yep. Long period, right? Again, going back to incremental progress. But no, it's, um, it's a beautiful exercise. And I think one of the reasons why people don't, I mean, learning about IFS, the first time I learned about it was October of last year. Um, and it's changed the way I look at the world, but it's very hippy-dippy. Like, I'm just using the words that an opponent or somebody reluctant to to um, Yeah, the advocate, to, to the devil's it. advocate. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it's like, okay, really? Like, I got to get to work, you know, or, or whatever. You know, the, the, the self-care is unsexy, right? Like, I could play NHL or something. Um, but instead, I'm going to go sit on my balcony take a couple deep breaths and try to, and try to scan body scan. What's there? Who's flaring today? Nobody. What a miraculous day. Thank you, everybody. You know, like even that, just letting the board of directors know. Now we can all go. Thank you for your time. You know, quick board meeting. Um, but you know, sometimes things are louder. I, I highly encourage people to, I've talked about it with, with Bonnie, of course, just because we talk about everything, but, um, I haven't got into it as much with my friends. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it's such a great exercise to, to it's, it's also super fun. Like if you close your eyes and start making your emotions things, I guess you got to be creative and have an imagination, but it's super fun for me. Like I got every, I got personalities for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's cool, man. I think that, uh, you, you'd have a, uh, the world might benefit from the world would definitely benefit from this. And I think you would really enjoy it. But, uh, you know, when you find some time, yeah. uh, you know, you should, you should like write, you should write about this, the, a book about this. You should, a you, book about it. you should, man, like you should, like you should go to, you know, you're, you're such a good writer. You're so articulate. You're able to, you know, you're, you know, what's going on. Like this would be a really cool story. And I bet, uh, Dr. Richard Schwartz, Schwartz would love that, that somebody is, is for further progressing what he's, you know, his modality sure. that he's trying to create sure. and like. You know, even if it's like that, just to just to help people understand it, that's it's it's fascinating to me. It's Gus, I know that um, you are f- have a friendship with Steve, so I'll just chime in real quick and say yeah. that you should absolutely write a book. And <laughs> I just met you an hour ago, okay. so okay. there you go. All right, we'll, we'll keep going. You guys are going to tell me to write about other topics. This one I know only. A little scrape for the surface, but well, no, no I know, but it's your personal nice. experience. I'm not yeah. saying you write yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying you're writing it today. I'm just saying you need to. I, I'm saying go deeper, go yeah. deeper into this, and keep learning about this because it seems like you're passionate about it and you're really good. At, you're good at it, and you're gonna, uh, you know, you, you care to share it with people. You know, it was like the first thing that you and I talked about. You know, yeah. so like that. That is the that's the giddy up. And that's what we, we need people to be doing things that they're passionate about. And you're passionate about cannabis. You're passionate about relationships and like the do what you want. So be who you are. And I, I just say, but maybe at some point, if you're thinking that, you know, you'd like to just, exp- you, you do what you want, man. Just explore, explore, keep going down this path because you're, you're really onto something. I had, I just had a brain blast. I do. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, I write short fiction. I got a friend of mine who's uh, an exceptional writer and we'll get together. We'll lubricate with a little brown liquor and we'll just do like writing prompts. And, uh, and then we switch, we, we trade the work and we read it out loud to each other. It has been such a rewarding exercise. I, 
think he's one of the greatest writers ever. And I think he'd say the same about me, which is just, you know, more bromancing. But um, I've always wanted to write a larger fiction book, write a lot of short fiction. And then like sometimes we'll be like, dude, this one's a book. Like this one's a book. You can go. It would be fun to get my board of directors to be the characters of my fiction book, you know, kind of make it a, you know, I, I don't know what the right word is, but allegory, maybe metaphor, right? They'll be like characters. There'll be people, you'll be reading it. But at the end, if I told you that this is inside my body, you'd go, Oh, you know, make a fictional land. Gustavopia. I want to license it for the screenplay already. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm already past the book, you yeah, know, like yeah. the book's great. The book that you wrote good. Now let's turn it into a movie. Casting me for the critic. For yes, sure. dude. yes, <laughs> yes, 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 man. That, that's a really cool way. And That'd what a cool fun. way to teach, you know, and I'm fun. always thinking of that way. That's kind of like that stuff too, right? Like a, a way to teach kids, a way to teach people, um, you know, and like, you know, media is an, is a cool way to do that. Animation's a cool way to do that. Like what, what, you know, what we can do in this day and age. And when you take concepts, you know, there's, there is some, you know, uh, books out there that, that do deal with stuff like what we're talking about. You know, I think like Inside Out is a, yeah, is a, yeah. is a, is a good movie that talks about some of this stuff, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't like, be the pioneer for sure. <laughs> no, for <laughs> sure. But like, but, but your story spe- yeah, specifically yeah. And, and, and going into what, you know, it's kind of different than Inside Out. You know, it's not, watch that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, and all, you know, the kids should, should watch it. Um, but it, it's, it's, you know, what you're talking about is like even deeper than that. And like you know, personifying these guys and meeting them where they're at, and I just think that uh, you know, wellness as a whole is is people are starting to like really open up to this idea that we need to uh, you know identify all of our feelings, sit with our feelings, and we don't. You do a lot of this work, like you do have a therapist, you said, but like you do a lot of this work on your own. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Like, uh, th- and that's the most important part. Is like it's the only way therapy works too, right? I mean, if you just think you could, oh, that's this goes back again to our instant gratification thing, or, or or it's if you just go to therapy for the hour, you have it every week or every other week, you can get nothing done. You know, you got to do some prep work, and then you should do the exercises. You know, and then whenever I talk to somebody, they're like, "I went to therapy once. It wasn't for me." I was like, "Once? Yeah. Like, I went to yoga for the first time. It was like, yeah, whatever. And now I can't live." I can't move my body unless I've done it at least once a week, hopefully much, much more, you know? Yeah. Because uh, it takes getting into. Um, it's, just, uh, it's, a, it's a perfect analogy uh, because, like, if you do yoga, you know, you do yoga and, like, for the first, like, you know, month, two months, three months, like, even four, you know, whatever, half a year, like, it's like, wow, this is, this is hard. This is different. My body's not used to this. But then when you get into the flow of, like, oh, this is how my body is supposed to be moving. I know this set. It's into my, you know, it's in my body. I know these movements. It's just, it's, it's, it's a necessary, it's a necessary thing that you need. You know, you say, okay, I can't believe I wasn't doing this beforehand. How was I even living beforehand? How was I even functioning? Um, And then just shows how like the higher levels that we can function at. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, it's, um, I know how I'll feel afterwards, right? You got to do it a couple of times to really remember. Um, I'm going to wake up really early one morning and go and do yoga and that stinks because I want to sleep. That's But I know when I'm done, I'm going to feel good. Dude, that's the number one thing for me. Like, cause I, like I said, I just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm dopamine. I'm, a, I'm a, I want to feel you good. I want more of this. I want more of this. And I, I, but it, it's, it's delayed. It, it was the first time where I was really like, you know, saying in my head, like what you just said when I said, oh, okay. Yeah, this sucks. Waking up at six, waking up at six to get to yoga. And I don't need to do it. I didn't need to do it. You know, I wanted to do it. That was the, di- that was the difference. Like with, I never had a problem when someone told me I needed to do something or, you know, a job or, you know, sports or, you know, I was this or that. Like, I, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up a h- times a hundred, you know, like it, there's no, no issues about it. 
But if I didn't necessarily like in my head, if I can convince myself, I don't, I don't need to do this. I can, it's not going to, you know, in my head back then, it's not going to change my life. If I, if I sleep in or if I don't go to yoga, you know, I think I'm going to get a little bit more sleep and that's going to be good. And it's not going to really help me that much. Never benefited you. You don't need that much sleep. <laughs> no, exactly. You don't need that much sleep. And so I, I and you do need enough sleep, you, you know, for sleep. sure. It's part of the wellness regime as well, folks. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> sleep is definitely a part of the wellness regime, but you need to, you to getting up, dude, and then going and getting and making sure you're getting to that yoga class. Like, you know, and I'm doing these 7 a.m. yoga classes all the time. Then I'm doing a 6.30 a.m., 6 a.m. yoga class. And I'm like, it's just not an issue for me because I'm, I'm, I know how good I'm going to feel after, even like at first. Even when you're doing the setup first, you know, you and you know, I, I like a lot of hot yoga. So like, you know, you're getting in there, you're starting to sweat, and you're like, this fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. This sucks. What am I doing here? Why am I here? I could be home in bed. And then like ten minutes later, you're like, Oh yeah. I'm conquering this. I'm, I'm conquering fighting this. gravity right now. It's yeah. amazing. And then the next ten minutes after that, you're like, Oh yeah, this is why I'm here. Yeah. This is why I'm here. Cause I'm starting to feel really good. And then at the end of it, you're like, Why would I ever think any differently? I need to make sure that I come here tomorrow. Make sure that I don't allow myself to trick. Our brains are so, they're so tricky, man. They want to always trick us into, yep. you know, into not, like, into, into safety, I guess it is. It's a safety thing or, like, a, you know, I don't know what it is. But, like, yeah. we're, we're, it doesn't want us to go to yoga sometimes, you yeah. know. It wants us to stay in bed. And it's amazing that, I mean, no matter how many times I'll leave an early morning yoga class and feel great, first thought I wake up, the first thought I have when I wake up at 5.15 or whatever is go, I want to go back to bed. Like, I still feel that way. And I'm like, mind, what are you doing, man? Be on my side. <laughs> Let's go be jazz. And then you get there and first couple postures, I'm like, maybe this was a mistake. But, you know, I'm, I'm a hot all hot yoga too. So eventually you just zone and then it's done. And it's done and, and you feel fun. fucking awesome. It's funny you are saying earlier, uh, we are talking about meeting things with good humor. Um, and as you said something like I kind of smile through it. Um, I have w- one yoga teacher um, who teaches many things, but the hot 26 Bikram yoga, which is my household's go-to, um, will be in the middle of a posture, a real tough one. And you're holding it for dear life. And she'll just be like, and, and lock your knee, interlace your fingers. Yep. And then like, we're moving through the posture and she's like, and with your happy smiling faces. And I just want to like punch her in the throat. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly the way we should be approaching this discomfort and everything. But I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I yeah. just, I love it. And she's right. But if you internalize, I'm going to meet this with my happy smiling face, that posture is way easier to get through. This is how, like, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like this is the, how like the intention of what you say is so important. Man, there's this there's this yoga teacher, uh, you know Jennifer Norton. She teaches, um, you know Chatham Lighthouse Beach Yoga, uh, down in, in Chatham in, in Cape Cod, down in the summertime, and she does it on the beach every morning. And you know she she constantly tells people, her students, you know that that uh, you know they need to bring in smiling energy. Mm-hmm. You know you need to have smile, bring in smiling energy. You know I don't you know because you know she she'll always say. There's, uh, you know, there's a, a mazillion, bazillion, whatever number postures for yoga. And guess what? None of them are for the jaw. So stop clenching your jaw. Let in some smiling energy. And like, I'll tell you what, man, when I'm sitting there and then she says that and then I smile and I, I bring in the smiling energy and I do some breaths with a smile on my face, I always feel better. Oh, yeah. And then when I'm in my shower or I'm somewhere else or I'm pissed off because someone just said something or, pull, you know, pull out in front of me or, you know, did something wrong or whatever, and it, I'm, I get, I'm frustrated, right? I just say, 
you know what? I can use the smiling energy because, like, you can, you can, you know, another hack. You can trick your brain, just like your brain tries to trick you oh, into yeah. stick, fight stay back. in bed. Fight, fight back, fucking back, fight back, fight back, baby. That's that is great because that's like that's really what it is. It's oh, uh, your brain wants to keep you in bed, and you're gonna say no, 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 no. no, no. Not we're, today, friend. Not today, friend. We're getting out, and we're gonna go do this. And guess what? Same as you know, you want to go eat the bad food. You know, you want to eat this. No, no, no. All the, the the wellness, it's all, we're all, we're like our, we're our worst enemies. You know, we're our, we're our, we're, we're the critic. We're the, we're our best cheerleaders. We're everything. And we need to cultivate all those personalities, like, you know, within ourselves. And I think uh, a little bit of this is discipline and willpower, which is a tough thing. You can't, you don't have it or you don't, but it takes a lot to exercise it and get it there. Live consistently with your beliefs, right? So if you want to get up and get up to yoga and your brain goes, Stay in bed, pull the deepest well of your willpower and go, no, I made a promise to myself and I'm going with it. You will feel better than letting that manipulator win, fight back. And, and it's discipline and willpower. And that, unfortunately, I don't know where that comes from, or I would love to give the secret recipe to everybody, but that just comes with practice. And, Only ways through. Yeah. It's from doing yeah. it. It's yeah. through practice and experience. It's like if you have the experience to draw on, I, I know in my life now, like I haven't, you know, I like now I'm not actively practicing, uh, you know, hot yoga where I'm doing it five, six times a week. You know, I'm getting into a hot yoga studio maybe twice a month right now. You yeah. know, I'm still I'm doing my Something. other wellness right now. Exactly. So it's like it's not where I want to be. And I'm, uh, you know, and I'm doing other things with some heat and I'm, I'm going to be starting a personal training regimen pretty soon. So doing something a little bit different. But like I know that no matter how far I go away from it in my life, I know that I'm going to feel, I've already uploaded, that's already uploaded into my brain that if I, I can get away from it where it's like, I'll trick myself to the point where I won't want to do the yoga. And I can say, oh, that yoga is, you know, you get, you know, how could that be good for me uh, for like a second? But then I know, I, I know I need to go do it. And then immediately once you do it, your brain starts, that upload happens again. This is the way to feel good. Yep. This is how I'm going to feel good in my, in my body. And like having a movement practice, I think, you know, we had a gentleman, our, you know, one of our, our latest episodes with this gentleman, Alec Lieberman, and he, he owns On Target Fitness, and they're, you know, a great institution over there, and he, uh, you know, him and I, we talked about how, like, fitness is, like, the, uh, uh, the easiest door opener to, you know, to, to wellness, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot yeah. easier, like, if, you know, for me, and that was for me, man, for sure, like, once I started doing the yoga and, you know, the dancing led me to the yoga and then the yoga led me to, you know, to doing more deep work and to doing more, you know, therapy and to being he into being healthy and wanting to, ha you know, do nutrition and, you know, all these, you know, uh, all of this stuff. And, it, uh, you know, fitness was like the, you know, the door opener and however you get your fitness, whether it's weightlifting or yoga, yep. like that, that's, uh, you know, such an important piece of it. And I think it's we've said this to each other is that that's. While not an easy piece, it's the easiest piece of, of wellness, I think. It's, it's approachable to everybody. It comes in many different forms, but you've got to move your body and sweat. And then it unlocks and makes space, and then you can kind of pursue some other things, right? I mean, the first move is not, I'm starting my wellness journey. I'm going to go deeply meditate and isolate my feelings. You're not going to feel any of them. You're not familiar with them, you know? And, and struggling through fitness exercises, self-reflection are probably good places to start i think the struggle is awesome that's why i love yoga is like bonnie doesn't let me say that i'm bad at it because you, there's no such thing um but i'm bad at it um and it's just it's refreshing to go to a place and be humble everything you do is a success because it's so hard um i did i did an unassisted wheel the other day for the first time 
Yeah. That's a giddy up. Um, I couldn't do it today. Um, I, I went to Barcan earlier and we end with wheel and, and I, and I, and I, I have a teacher taught me an assisted way. And it's awesome. Um, couldn't get up, you know, arms are a little tight, whatever. Totally non yoga is non-judgmental. Got to be non-judgmental in the room. But when I did that, I mean, I've, I got accepted to law school. I got a, I got a decent job out of there. Um, my friends like me, like there's all these achievements I have, but I was like, but the unassisted wheel. <laughs> is that the best thing I've ever done in my life? Maybe, you know, it's just, you know, it's such a rewarding practice because it's so difficult. So difficult. Yeah. Um, to have those feelings. And it's for everybody, right? A lot of people think I'm not flexible. You should see some of the people in our classes. They're amazing. Not that flexible. They're getting more flexible. They're working on it. Uh, but that's not why you go to yoga. You go to struggle, you go to struggle and sweat and learn, you know? That was my whole thing, man. It's like, it's such a, that's such a common misconception, right? Like that yoga is there for flexibility. Sure. You're going to get more flexible by going to yoga. That's likely going to sure, happen. Sure. sure. It's a side effect. Not it's a, a side effect. Not it's not the reason yeah. you're going, dude. Yeah. Like that's what I thought yoga was for. And like, that's the way it was like presented to me is like, oh, that's like to get more flexible and to like, you know, to be more mobile and like, sure, directly to like, you know, fitness and having to, yeah, but there's even better ways to, to get mobility than, than yoga. Like yoga is, and yo yoga is great, but yoga is the the mental, yeah. the, the mentalness, oh, yeah. because you're focused, you're so focused on the movements and, and being in your body. And Especially no, with the heat on top of it, it's trying to force you to quit Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It's trying to force you, say, you to quit. No. Right. No. no, I can do this. You got to have mantras in yoga. If you don't have mantras in yoga, um, yeah, but mine's just, yes, you can. Yes, you yeah. can. I'm always, I'm always like, ah, I could take a couple of as while people do the postures. I can't do this one. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And yes, sometimes can. I literally cannot. But those are, I take a couple of Shavasanas and then yeah, I, and I try to think? get back in it. But um, it takes a lot to get me there. Whereas when I first started, second I'm uncomfortable, I'm like sitting out the next 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? See, dude, for me, I, I would like, I would try to like push through, you know, and try to like, and I, to the point where I would be chugging the, the chugging water and trying to like, do, you know, do this and then like running to the bathroom and like whatever, throwing yeah, up, yeah, you know, again, yeah. like I love to throw up, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, it's my, 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 my defense mechanism for yeah. my body, right? To throw up. Um, not a bad one. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. You know, let, let you know, let you know what's good. You know, get get a little sweaty, get a little throw up, you know, and then, you know, back to baseline. It's like, oh yeah, I did, like what, how's that? Like you just want to dance in front of people and you're going to start throwing up. Nothing like a good vomit session, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear, clear yourself out, get yeah. yourself comfortable. Yeah, yeah you need it sometimes. It's purging the toxins, Jacob, right? I brushed up on the safer act just for today. Oh, for real? Okay, so you know a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've I've written a couple blogs on it. Oh, well, I wrote blogs on the Safe Banking Act, which is no different. Yeah. Just somebody else wanted to take credit for it, so he needed to change the name. Uh, it should be Rep Ed, Ed Permuter, the the rep from Colorado, who has been trying to champion this way before it was cool. And then yeah, he's the he's the guy, right? Yeah, he he's the man, but he had retired last year, so now. If this bill passes, it doesn't even have his name on it. And I know that he didn't do it for pride and stuff. But, you know, everybody should pay homage to a champion of... What's his name? Uh, Ed, Ed Perlmuter. Ed Perlmuter. Perlmuter. Um, yeah. re rep from Colorado. I'm familiar with just the rep from Colorado and how he's... Or maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm confused now because who's the I Let's know see if I'm even right. No, no, I, no, no. I, I think that there's someone who's bringing it. Who's bringing? If he's retired, who's bringing it forward now? Like who's, Kristen Cinema or some. Oh, that name sounds. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a nice. That sounds like a uh, familiar name. There's not. I mean, not a federal government guy. Um, pretty apolitical, anyways. But um, Ed Permuter was was a servant of the people. Ex right. Okay. And, and there's, there's not many of them. 
there's not many servants of the people. They're uh, they're pretty bad. The, the politicians they uh, they serve themselves and the the you know the the big corporations that 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 own them. Yeah, it's like Cory Booker and stuff. These are not these are the list of names I'm not a big fan of. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So Pierre Muter is the guy. He's the man. He's the man, and he retired from government. And you know, I'm I'm speculating, but I think he just got exhausted with with what it looks like to be. Yeah, it's a, like a uh, politician. Some people are saying that, like that. That's what Mitt Romney. You know, because people look at Mitt Romney as one of the good ones. I think. And you can say whatever you want about him. I mean, in the last five years, he's the only person who's thought rationally uh, on on issues and joined uh, the Democrats on things. He's he's a conservative. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's his party. Um, the Republican Party is his party, but doesn't mean I have to follow them blindly in everything that they do and not the MAGA madness. You know? Yeah. Um, no need to get polit- political at all. About no, it. there's no need to get political, but it is a danger to this country, and it is going to, you know, it seems like it's going to be the same, you know, we're going to have the same options in 2024 <laughs> as we did in 2020. And yeah, it's not good. It's not an option for me. No, like, an option for me either. Yeah, I mean, I, we're lucky to have, uh, for me at least, I'm gonna, I'm likely going to be voting for RFK Jr., you know, yeah. unless someone yeah. else presents themselves or if he, you know, uh, I, I guess I have a long time to decide. But yeah. as of right now, I'm definitely putting my support behind him just because he's the, everything that he's saying is, is what this country needs. He's trying to actually heal this country and show people that it's a, there's a, a difference, you know, that, that we don't need to fight all this political infighting is bullshit we don't need to do that like we just need to heal as a country and and fix the problems that we have yeah. we know we can easily do it we yeah. just need to come together yeah and and i, I think there's a lot of yeah you know, i want to get conspiracy theorists but you know there's a lot of interests that don't want unity yeah uni- unity is bad for business yeah, uh, that I'm not sure that's a conspiracy. I, I think that's just the reality. That's yeah, just gosh, the truth I, take of it. It's just it's a, it is it's a it's a reality, and it's like it's so hard because it's like you know a lot of these a lot of like work and a lot of jobs and everyone like so much stuff that de- de- depends on certain things, but it, it's it's never uh, it's not always in the in uh, in the in in favor of progress. You know, like I see it all the time. Like you had these industries, like what you're talking about, like conspiracy theories that like, it's like, no, this stuff is like, we could solve some of this stuff so easily, but like because of the interest. And I don't think there's like conspiracy theory. Like, I don't think that there's like necessarily like this, this group of people who are deciding, you know, like, you know, it's not a cabal or something. I don't think there's a cabal. It's just everybody serving their self-interest. And it's super entrenched, right? The players are entrenched, you know, whether it be, you know, the NRA is a great example. I'm not just attacking the NRA. I'm not an anti-gun person by any means. It's just a good example of how to get a stranglehold on policy through what? 70 years, if not more, of just owning certain policy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the NRA has been able to dictate certain policy just because through, through their lobbying efforts, yep. you're saying. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and you can't remove them. We can't go, all right, no more, um, no more NRA influence. Right. Good luck. Good you, luck. We need an entire regime change. We need to go to a monarchy for things like that to change. And that's, that's cynical, right? Like, you can always affect some amount of change, but... Um, you know, related to wellness and politics, um, you say, you know, RFK might be your guy. Um, I'm probably not going to vote. And and I hate to say that because um, vet, we're, you're on vet, Veterans Day. ton of respect for people who, uh, and, and first responders who obviously don't fight foreign wars, but um, service to people is the highest, uh, it deserves commendation of the highest order. Um, huge supporter of that. Um Having the right to vote is beautiful. 1919 suffragettes, you know, 
getting uh, you know African American votes, um, getting 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 women votes, having the right to vote while so many people can't. I feel privileged. It feels great. But objectively, I don't think my vote means very much, especially when it comes to a to a presidential race. And thinking about it, and participating in it, and discussing it with people causes me pain. It causes me unwellness to participate in federal politics, not state and local politics. You can affect great change there, and you should participate in your communities and protect your communities and be an active member, as active as you want. But when somebody's telling me that they don't like the senator from Arizona because they're doing something weird there that I wouldn't agree with, like, I just I, I can't put I can't put bandwidth into this. I can't put my mind to this. I can't affect change. I can't affect meaningful change from Massachusetts. And if I can through some way, probably not willing to put the effort in and focused on other stuff. So instead I just, I've become apolitical in many ways where I just, like I'm not, I don't not care about everybody, but I can only control certain things. And ever since I've come to grips with that and kind of stopped participating in federal politics and the media surrounding it, I feel so much better. And whenever anyone wants to have a conversation with me about a political thing, I'll talk about it with you like philosophically, philosophically. Right. If you want to talk about abortion, let's talk about it. These are all the points for me. What are the points for you? You know, great. Those are really good points. Do you, you hearing mine? Whatever, whatever they are. Um, but we don't need to talk about who represents who and what this state is doing or whatever. Like, I'd rather just talk about the subject. Yeah. Uh, and, and if I cared about it enough, then I would do something about it. But some of my friends, um, I have four excellent friends. We're in a group chat together and we do talk about politics sometimes. And I've honestly sometimes been like, what's going on? And something massive has happened in the world. And I, I'm, I'm locked out of it on purpose. And they're like, don't you want to be, you know, a part of what's going on and no, being an educated citizen? It doesn't do me any good. I'd rather talk to a person on the street and get to know them. I've done more for my community that day than yelling at Twitter yeah. about something. You're like, you're, it's so spot on. And I, I want you to teach me because I, I, you get into it. No, I don't. I don't, I don't ever get into it with anybody. I don't like, I don't go on Twitter. I don't put my views on anybody. And I, I'm, I would say I'm rather like apolitical as well. I don't like subscribe to the two party system. I think that that's a bunch of horse shit, you know, like, yeah, it's broken. I, 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 but I, I just, I like, I just feel like it's a, it's, and I, I, and I feel like I don't necessarily need to participate in it. But I need to. I, w- I would like to affect change yeah. with it, and I and I sometimes you're right. Though the only way that I can truly affect change is just by being a better person, doing what I'm doing already, and by doing it to the best of my ability. And like I'm doing that in my community, and and I and it's noticeable, and it's a, it's an awesome thing, and I feel it. But it's it's like I I want to affect more. I want to have be, you more, want a greater effect. Yeah, I of want course. a greater effect, and of it's course. like it, you know, and that's the, that's that's you know, sometimes you can just get caught up in that, I guess. But it, it's. I, I, I want to be able to shut myself off from it. And, and I have gone through periods of time when I've been able to do that. And like you said, I'm so much happier. And guess what? Nothing really changes in the world. It's like, you know, it's still really bad and bad people are still doing really bad shit. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just. You, you really want to affect change? This, this is, and I think you're doing this, so I'm not giving you the magic um, sauce here. But everybody wants to be jazzy about certain topics, political topics, yell at each other, whatever. I'm like, if, if you want to make a change, be kind and respectful to everybody you meet every day. Do that. Be kind and thoughtful. Don't bring rage and anger in anything you do. I'm just talking at a community level. I'm not talking on Twitter or anything. Just like be walking around, hold every door. When somebody pisses you off, be like, you know, if everybody did that, we'd fix the government. It would fix the government. 
we wouldn't have people in power like that. They would be held accountable. Things would change massively if everybody handled their little circle of influence versus trying to affect influence over oceans. Mm-hmm. Just focus on this. It's not, it wouldn't be an overnight change, right? We'd have to change the culture of people through being kind and thoughtful and respectful at all times. That's what I try to control. The perfect day for me looks like that, where I was super kind even when it was difficult. I was, I was thoughtful, so that person might be going through some stuff, and that's why they're acting this way. That maybe happens to me three, three days of the year. But that's what you strive for, and that's the way you can affect change. Uh, you know, it just, it baffles me that people let, like they raise their heart rates. They shorten their lives, uh, yeah, worrying about stuff that they can't, can't control. Yeah, I just, I too, I just hate the way that they argue about it. You know, I wish that they, like, because they're just subscribed to the two-party system or they're subscribed to whatever, like, I wish they could do, like, what you said, you know? It's like, hey, this is how I feel about abortion. This is how you feel about abortion. Like, let's actually talk about it. And, like, what's, maybe there's a right answer here. Maybe there's something that we can do that's that's good, the best for the most people. And help me understand or I'll help you understand. Yeah. You've said it on your podcast many times, but just, like, dialogue and discussion is, it's that would cure everything. Um, so many people unwilling. It's too deep. They're too deeply entrenched. I mean, I, I want to get them all here. I want to get like the federal politicians. I like and this. Maybe this is how I will affect change. I'm going to bring this show to a level of popularity where they where they can't say no. They have to come on my show, and I request them to. Oh. And then we're going to do mushrooms. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then and then what's going to happen? You know, and I get them up here, and I start talking to them about. And they're on mushrooms, and they can't, they don't realize that their percep- their perception of shift, and they're like, oh yeah, like that is stupid that I that I do that to this many people, and 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 you know have these different opinions when we could we could literally meet in the middle we could meet in the middle here and we could figure out a way that's the best for the most people one of my funniest uh, internet stories is a gentleman who tweeted out and it went viral uh that he was a libertarian until he did mushrooms and realized that everybody's important that that's not surprising at all wow yeah, I, I'd be curious to see what a megalomaniac federal politician looks like on mushrooms though you know i mean you don't you don't run for president because you're a dedicated public servant. I, I don't believe that. You don't get to that platform without being... I mean, I'm just going to say it. I don't think you get to that plat- platform without being arrogant and self-centered and, and, and a desire to feel power and authority. It's 100% true. Okay, the, yeah. uh, like, so, um, you know, like, even the best of them, like, people would say, like, you know, like, Barack Obama, you know, like, they think of him as, like, an, you know, like, the best of, of, like, you know, from, you know, they... You know, he literally broke up with, uh, you know, one of his, you know, uh, one of his um, girlfriends. He was dating a Spanish girl, and he broke up with her because he knew that he wanted to be president of the United States. And for him to do that, he needed to marry a black woman. He needed a Michelle Obama. Yeah. And so he ended a relationship because, like, he wanted to be. And he's like, you know, there's like letters of him, like, you know, saying this and the, the, you know, and it's just like, wow, that like your aspiration to the point where you like. You just want to be president of the United States because you, like, not because you want to, like, you want to be president of the United States? Me. Some fucking guy who really cares about helping the world yeah, and who true. would do the true. work and who would just do all, you know, would, would care so much and would, you know, when I, I, that would be the worst fucking four or eight years of my life just because I, would, I wouldn't sleep. I would just be up working the whole time trying to figure out what was the best for everybody and talking with the yeah. most people. And it's like, no, these people just want to get there so that they can say that they're president of the United States and they can use their power, their influence to then make their own lives better. Yeah. Yeah. Egomaniacs. Yeah, and even if they affect change, right? I mean, um, to many, Obamacare was a great, uh, a great change. I'm not opining on that. Uh, again, keep it apolitical. Um, but did he do that 
for healthcare for all, did he do that so that his presidency was now marked with one of the most monumental healthcare bills of all time? I, I don't know the answer to that question, but like it could just be that he just wants a longer lasting, bigger legacy, not I want to make sure that people are getting good health at all time. Of course he's going to say that at the podium. Right. Amazing speech writer. Well, he is a great writer, but he had amazing speech writers. And he was an amazing, amazing orator. Oh. You know, an amazing, <laughs> the best. Probably the best speaking president of our lifetime. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Of our lifetime, 100%. JFK was amazing. Yeah, He's JFK probably was the really last good. one you go to. Yeah. Um, I like Dwight Eisenhower a lot. Yeah. But he was like, um, he wasn't eloquent. He was honest. And, and he was straight. the last Republican. Yeah. You, last real one. You think so? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think yeah. about the way Republican policies are written and addressed, he was the last one to do it in an actual conservative manner, like what it meant to be a Republican. Yeah. yeah. And since him, it has been something very much different. I, I think you would agree that I, Nixon is not comparable to Eisenhower. Reagan, no, no, not comparable no, to Eisenhower. No. Trump, not comparable to anyone. So Anybody. it's like it, Eisenhower was the last one that you can look at as as the Republican Party as a thing and go, that's the guy. That was who it was. Yeah, and maybe that's like um, – because I have conservative t- tendencies. Um, I have liberal tendencies. There's, it doesn't only go two ways, right? But um, the things that I'm conservative about, I think that's who I need to think about, right? That's the archetype. Of, of how I feel. I'm not conservative because everybody I, uh, puts a Republican ideology with being thoughtless about other people, right, and selfish, self-centered. I don't have conservative policies because I don't care about people. That's crazy. I care about people <laughs> a lot. Um, I have conservative policies because some of them are very sound. They're very sound. When, when implemented correctly, when you're trying to administer, what do we got, 33 million? 33. 333 million people in America? When you're trying to administer that, you can't be super liberal with everything. You can't. You won't have any funds. Yep. You know. Um, yeah. No, man. A hundred percent. You know. You, you got to keep the lights on, and that's why, like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, from like a ideologic standpoint, you know, like in terms of like, you know, my soul, like I'm a very liberal person, you know. But like, I, I, uh, the more I, I, I see, you know, not even the more. I've just always been like this. Like, there's just always room for both. Whatever works yeah. the best, and let's figure it out together. Like, instead of all this infighting and all this BS and all this. Bureaucratic, bureaucratic bullshit that we do and waste time with. Like it's, it's. I wonder sometimes. Like, is it necessary? We are like the greatest nation that we that I've seen. You know, like we're like you know one of the greatest empires that has existed. That is definitely fact. You know, maybe not the best, but like one of the best. You know, the United States. And it's like, but but all of this BS has to exist for. Does that all? Does it have to exist for us to get to this yeah, point? Like, I, I think when you have so the, the way to affect change quickly is to have a monarchy, right? Because you can wake up and the monarch and go, this is now it. It's going to take a second to sink in, but we're talking like a week, especially if the lieutenants and the actual bureaucrats and boots on the ground enforce it right away. Change that day. If that's for the better, that's awesome, right? We have a monarch of America tomorrow and they affect all the changes that, you know, who, it's going to be subjective for everybody, but what that person thinks is the right path for America, they subject all the changes. Lovely. Then you get a new one or whatever, and it totally shifts. Like, we can't let change af- happen too quickly because then when the wrong person's at the head of the ship, that ch- that poor change is affected quickly. So we've muddied down the system with bureaucrats to the point that almost change is impossible. It's not impossible. But we've slowed down change by gunking up the gears yeah. through a huge red tape bureaucracy. And I think it's because of a fear of flip-flop, 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 move this, whatever. But there are days I wish we had, like, I wish we we you know, synthesized, synthetically created the most benevolent monarch of all time to run the country. Yeah, right? that, that would be better. Who's rational, 
takes everybody's uh, takes the best of us, the best boom, of all of us, boom. synthetic person who's the best of all of us, and they make all that. That would definitely like be the be the best. I agree with you. It's the best form of government. What do we call that? Benevolent sin- despot theory is, is what that, it's called. Yeah, the benevolent despot theory. Okay, there uh-huh. we go. That if the, the best form of government would be a benevolent despot. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah. Like you know, I, I could see that. You know, maybe maybe not for like growth and change, but if, as long as there was. Um, like type of committees underneath the despot, the benevolent despot, that he would take suggestions. Of or course, this benevolent despot has a very open mind. Yeah, <laughs> the, the very open-minded benevolent despot, right? Um, I got to take my theory. Hence off. the Can word just, theory. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's like it, it's uh, the the like. I think capitalism is great. You know, democ- capitalistic democracy is great. You know, it's, it's says the entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's it's. You know, there's there's challenges to it. You know, there's definitely challenges to it, and it's definitely not up. You know, like there's perfect, and I like to your point. I think like the Constitution was written on purpose. Our forefathers knew that. They knew that based on all the you know the the way that they had seen other governments. You know, these guys were fucking smart motherfuckers. Thomas Jefferson, those those were smart fucking smart people who cared and truly wanted to create a, a cool a, a, a the best nation possible. You know, based on what they had seen. Um, so they did make it so you it, it, things couldn't be switched, you know, changed, changed overnight. overnight. And right, they, and they two tiered the system. So we've got our federal government, we've got our state level. Um, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, because what's good for Massachusetts might not be good for for Oklahoma, and I'm cool with that. Um, and if the majority of people in a state are supportive of a, of a policy that I oppose, that's an education issue. That's not. I can't go impose my will down there. The majority of the people want that. You know, um, if I think it's a bad policy, then I need to step up. I need to advocate and I need to educate. But a lot of people just go scream to the federal government, do this. Um, you know, gay marriage is a great example. Gay marriage should be legal everywhere, hands down. It's not even a conversation to me. People want to marry each other and be in love. It should be in love with whoever they want. But it's not in, it's not a federal power. The federal government does not have the right to create laws about the home, about family life. That's a state-level thing. We're screaming to the federal government, and then we force them to overreach their power and create new precedent to have overreaching power and supersede the states and chip away at states' rights. That's a bigger problem for me. Granted, if, I, if, if somebody I loved who was in a homosexual relationship in a state that it wasn't legal, my heart would be breaking. But then you got to get off, off, get off your ass and go and advocate and educate. And make change. You know, that should be the impetus. I don't think it should be a more powerful federal government forcing things down people's throat. The founding fathers, I'm obviously going to nerd out because I'm a lawyer, but like the Constitution is one of the most beautiful documents ever written. It's super thoughtful. It looked hundreds of years in advance. They didn't think about drones and, you know, transportation being what it is and all those kinds of things. But they did try to make the best document ever for the people. And it works really well. The fact that we're, what, 230 or 40 years in with this document and it's done pretty well. Yeah, it's held up. It's, we we got to change some things, of course. For sure, and we like we there's a ways to change things. And I, like, I agree with you. Like in terms of like you know giving powers to the states, um, that it is tough. Then like and people can move and, and can move their state, I guess, if they want. If they don't like that ideology, you know, and that's not always like a. a, a I think that's a privileged thing to it's say. Privilege, right? Yeah, I, I've always said that too. I'm like, if you don't like the policies of a state, then move. It's like, yeah, but my grandmother, who's infirm, is here, and I need to take care of her. Like. It's such a privileged thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you I should be able to be that. free. Like, you know, and that's why it's like with certain things, I, I hear you. I hear you. But like with the gay marriage thing, like 
Like, guess what, dude? If the federal government hadn't come in, that it would half the it states would, still, would yeah. you know, Alabama's not letting you know homosexuals get married. It, Sorry, and, and I, I think a lot of the problem that stems from this, not to interject on you yeah. guys, but it's it, it's that too many times in our history, states' rights has been an argument for bigotry, yeah. and that's yeah. why. When I, because I, you are so eloquent when you put it, and I, I absolutely love the idea of states' rights. Mm-hmm. It's just when it's masked over bigotry that I'm like, yeah, yep. I don't think you understand what states' rights means when you when you use it to hurt people. And and that's and that's the problem, Jacob. Right? It's um, we need to fight the bigotry in the policy, not necessarily jam federal policy down states' throats. Yeah. Um. Again. You're right. Folks, I don't know the solutions. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Just spitballing and like this is the way that our government was supposed to be set up and and, and I have a reverence for it. So uh. same and I have to, and I that's why we're having the conversation. That's what this is about. It's about having dialogue so we can say like, "Hey, this is what are we what are we talking about here? What's the you know, is this the best idea? Should we try this? Is it the the people we're going to generate hopefully this generates conversation amongst, you know, the the listeners of this show and that they can have a you know, an opinion on it in a in a nice respectful way." Yeah. Oppose me, please. I mean, I think one of the most important things, too, of the actual document of the Constitution that somehow got lost along the way, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was either Jefferson, no, it was Jefferson, who wanted to or had implemented that it was supposed to be rewritten like every seven or nine (laughs) years. Yeah. It was supposed to be scrapped and started over because of, like, that's what I mean by the brilliance of their forethought. Yeah. Was, I hope you would, that was what you're implying, is that he literally was like, yeah, we can't keep this stagnant. It has to change constantly. Because we understand that times change. There's a big hole in there that permits amendments, you know? But to pass an amendment to the... Co- now we've let the document get too reverent, where now it's like gospel. It's like, yeah, yeah no, no. But, th- but they wouldn't want that. There's a hilarious joke. Um, it's, I think it's from Joe, Ro- Joe, one of Joe Rogan's bits. But it's like if the forefathers could... Or like if Jefferson got teleported in a time machine to now, um, and we were like, look, like, we still got your document, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you guys didn't write any new shit. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> no for real man that, that's what it would that's what it would be like and i didn't know that that was a, a thing that was in there but like that's what i talk about all the time like this stuff is like we're smart enough and we're at the point now where we can be perpetually studying and updating this stuff and you do need to have like cornerstones you don't want to be changing your government every seven to nine years yep. you know for sure this document that is supposed to be this guiding light but but updating it and learning how to to, to grow with it and like you know it, it's it's just the, I think the state's rights thing is there's an example of it, like going on the, you know, against like what you guys are saying from the bigotry standpoint that, you know, they won't actually, uh, you know, the abortion thing right now. Like they, the state rights is that, you know, a lot of these places where they thought abortion was going to go right through, people are, you know, women and the advocacy groups are educating people and they're voting to make the decisions yep. to make them more, you know, pro, more pro-life, you know, uh, you know, pro-abortion you know, pro or, you know, pro-life, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you call it. Cho- yeah, just to choice, right? We choice, talk, yeah, exactly, choice, yeah. exactly, pro-choice, exactly, 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 pro-choice. And, uh, you know, I always get confused when they say, like, anti-abortion rights or, like— Too, too many labels, man. How about just labels. people should people have, have bodily autonomy? <laughs> have, people should be able to have bodily autonomy, exactly. And so, like, I know that that is, when, you know, everyone was stressed out about Roe versus Wade— but it's you know it's the the states are seeming to and not everywhere because it still is there's some places right now Absolutely. where it's like a six week ban and that's BS. But there's places where uh, you know and that's just my ideology. Maybe maybe I don't you know I don't know. The states' rights have have people are worried about that and it, it maybe they don't need to be worried about it because the states are going to do the right things in in most places. I think we've been impressed. 
Yeah, we've right, been impressed right, right. by it. Well, yeah. because of hardworking people, hardworking advocates and people sticking up and, and, and using their voice. I live in Massachusetts. was never a concern of mine. You yeah. know, it was a concern of mine that people are being marginalized and not having the same access to health care, uh, you know, in, in other states. But I never needed to speak up to change my state's policy. It's pretty well entrenched. I think like the day that the, like the day after that ruling came out, Massachusetts governor was like, we're passing a law <laughs> yeah, right. that pretty much codifies Roe versus Wade in Massachusetts, you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe even goes further. And and I know that 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 tickles people, but um, you know I'm kind of a like a John Stuart Millsian kind of freedom guy. Where if you live in your bubble of freedom, and if you want to do crazy shit inside that bubble, as long as you're not popping other people's bubble, I really don't don't care. Um, Ra- radical but, rad- radical self expression, freedom of radical. Yeah. And and then that gets weird, right? Because uh, people are going to make fetus arguments. They're humans. Um, people are going to say that. Like, I think that drugs, you should do whatever drugs you want in your little bubble of freedom. But when you're doing insane self-harm, you might not be forcing heroin on your mother, but you pop on her bubble by ruining her life, yeah. you know, and, and disappointing her. You're burdening our healthcare system. So are you popping bubbles? It's It gets way more difficult than like, hey, I want to smoke a joint in my bubble and you shouldn't care. Right. That's an easy one. That's an easy That's one. That's an easy one. Um Speaking of speaking of that, like and speaking of the federal government and everything that we got going on here, like that it's you know, this is a pretty a policy that most people have always wa- you know, wanted besides like the stigmatization, yeah. you know, the negative stigma around it. We know now that this is something that everybody wants. The majority of people want cannabis to be legal. Um, but that's not, you know, it's, that's not even something that we're, we're, you know, we're even really considering we're at a even, federal level. Not even talking about it. We're talking about, so there's been awesome news federally in cannabis over the last three months or so. Uh, we just had our cannabis, my law firm just had our, our cannabis conference. Steve was there. Um, and we had our, you know, fear mongering on, on, you know, in the last year, very like what's going to happen to the cannabis market. Stocks are plummeting, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, this federal news definitely kind of, um, you know, my, my partner used, um, I mean, I want to get all the names right. Dorothy, the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow coming out of the woods. Just coming out of the woods, holding hands and being thrilled. And that's like the cannabis industry now because we've got this good news. Um, we'll see what happens, right? Nothing's passed. But um, rescheduling, I think, would be a great thing. Um, legalization, I don't really care too much about. It's legal in the states that I hang out in. Um, but rescheduling, we would take care of a lot of those issues that operators have to face you know i'm sure i mean i don't is that the, the good news you're talking about is that rescheduling is going to happen rescheduling is probably going to happen in our lifetime I, i've I mean, heard that it's already been drafted and it's yeah and maybe you told me that that it's already been drafted and uh, you know or someone someone told me recently that they're ready to go you it, know with the rescheduling and they've sent it to d you know they've already sent it to da and da is going to say yes you I know mean, yeah i mean they can start using their budget to do you know r- r- real real drug enforcement, you know? Yeah. Uh, stopping yeah. cannabis is not a big deal. It can't, um, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely not a big deal. Go, go, go I, 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 I think it should not be on a schedule at all, but fine, right? I, I look at it as a plant. I look at it as a flower, and um, you don't regulate marigold, so why are we regulating cannabis? But I get that they're a little bit different. However, you can get, you can trip pretty hard on um, morning glory seeds, and those are not regulated at all. You know Really? This? No. Oh, shit. This is what we did as kids. It was really fun. Morning glory seeds. So, you can buy packs of morning glory seeds at Ocean State Job Out for like 50 cents. And there's a, like three kinds. I had a Sherpa for this. I wasn't just like shooting at the hip. You know, you ever uh, go to arrowhead.com? Were you an arrowhead.com kind of guy? No. Jacob? No, no. no. It was like uh, the drug archives. You know, it was like the Reddit. And this existed cool. like, I mean, I was on this in high school. 
And it would just be like, people would go and they'd log their experiences. They'd be like mushrooms. I weigh 180 pounds. I had three and a half grams of mushrooms at 6 PM. And then they would just like, like write about it. So you could get ideas. And then like, what this is how called? I prepared them. Arrowid, E-R-O-W-I-D.com. Okay. Um, I used to just read the stories. It'd be so fun. Um, and there's a couple kinds of morning glory seeds. I only remember the word flying saucer, but there's some other ones. You can go and you buy some packs. We would do, we like to trip hard. So we'd get like six or seven packs. My mom's probably going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, They're coated in mercury because they know that you can trip on it. It has LSA. It has lysergic acid in it. Okay. You can, but the mercury comes off with just warm water and soap. So you put the (laughs) seeds in. I haven't done this in a long time, but (laughs) you put it in there and you stir it around and the mercury gets off and then you you strain your seeds, you rinse them and you can do a couple different things. You can, a coffee grinder is the best way to do it, but we used to put them in socks and just beat them with rocks until they were powder, but. The coffee grinder is the best way to do it. Turn it into powder, and you can either put it in OJ or some vitamin C drink and drink the whole thing down, seeds and all. Or you can put it in cold water overnight, and then you can strain it and drink like earthy water. I've done both ways, you know, six in one, half a dozen in the other. Um, Amazing, amazing psychedelic experience. Amazing psychedelic experience. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I've had some of my best trips. um, Morning glory seeds. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's I'm so funny. I didn't know that. Th- I didn't realize that 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 was the case. You got to have weird friends. Yeah. Y- you know, it's like the fact that this even came to me, you know, this one my friends are like, we're doing this. And I was at the age where I was like, I'm doing whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I remember being in the woods and uh, we had our arms out on some tree trunks and I could like feel the whole forest pulse. Could I? I don't know. It was a good time, though. Yeah, dude. I, I That's how, like, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't quite like that in high school, but then when I was in college, I, I had those. That's when I started to, you know, experience mushrooms and started to experience, you know, these, uh, you know, DMT for the first time. And I remember, like, doing DMT for the first time and just being like, this is this is wild. This is wild that that I had you know that people talk about this thing like is it such a you know such like a negative thing like because the thing that the experience was fine it was super short and like that but like the way that I felt afterwards I was like damn like I feel juiced up for like and I felt and I was doing all this research I was looking up the half life of all this stuff because I'm like this has to be out of my system but I feel like I'm sad, having benefit from this you know a month later um, and so like you know that was the same thing same thing with psilocybin same type of deal so it's like. You know, learning about some of the, and then some, you know, I think that at some point, you know, likely being in pharmacy school, you know, there was probably some funky chemicals, you know, going around. There's probably a thousand ways that you could have, you could have tripped. A a thousand, exactly, right. You're too busy learning what you needed to, but, you know. Right. um, That was, that was just an aside. Love LSA. um, Do not eat morning glory seeds. Nobody, nobody should eat morning glory seeds. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it, guys. Um, But yeah, so um, if we reschedule cannabis um that's a good victory it would um you know 280e i'm sure it's been said on your podcast a thousand times but um you know legally operating cannabis businesses cannot make the same business deductions in their taxes as um every other non-cannabis legally operating business and because of that um they have to pretty much they get credited with income they never experience and they pay heavy taxes it's awful that'll go away um because it won't be uh, schedule one anymore uh, it, it'll, it'll achieve some of the things the safer banking act is going to achieve by opening up the capital markets. Um, they might, I believe they'll be able to, the, the public companies will be able to trade on New York stock exchange and, and NASDAQ, which right now public cannabis companies trade on, um, the OTX and the Canadian stock exchange. You can't, uh, you can't, it would be, it's gray. We were talking about the gray earlier. Um, 
but pretty much nobody's going public on, on, on U.S.-backed stock exchanges because of, of federal illegality. Um, so that'll open up, and then you've then you can you can raise money publicly, right? I mean, that's going to be it's going to access to the capital markets, but then access to the debt markets um, with federally chartered banks who refuse to work with cannabis companies now. Um, it's going to be a big big boon for for the economy, and I like rescheduling. More than legalization, we've had this conversation, Steve. You know my stance on this. Um, I like that the cannabis industries live in one state, would live within the boundaries of one state, and have an incredible amount of uniqueness because of that. Like the main and mass markets couldn't be more different, and we're forty-five minutes away from each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's beautiful. Uh, if we allow it to be legalized, and interstate commerce won't be legal anymore, and you can just ship amazing Cali bud to Massachusetts and what's going to happen to all my cultivator friends, uh, in Massachusetts who make amazing product. Um, and just maybe, maybe they can compete. Maybe they can't, maybe Massachusetts cannabis will still have a market. I don't know, but I'd rather them for sure still have a market. So we've talked about federal legalization, but putting in safeguards to preserve a hometown feel to the industry, a, a state yeah. feel to the industry. Exactly. That's like, that's the, you have to do that. Like, just cause people have, at, you know, at least at first it, people have so much stake in the game and there's so much that the, it would just crush the uh, industry if you went and it would create this monopolistic practice where the industry would really get really gross pretty quickly. I real, think real fast. I mean, we already are seeing consolidation and, you know, um, you know, I'm not anti MSO by any means. A lot of our clients are MSOs. They, well, some MSOs definitely have that mentality of I'm just going to chew you up. I'm going to undercut your, your price at wholesale and then get more market share and then jack my prices up, these kinds of things. Not everyone's like that. A lot of them are really passionate can- cannabis industry participants who just want to make more money and have a bigger, you know, grow a business, right? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a crime to want to grow your business. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a crime to want to grow your business just like any other industry should, you know, should be able to, to do and... Um, it's not just like, you know, I, I, the rescheduling for me, I think, I think it is great. Um, I think it's going to give access to more, uh, the, the ability to study it more. Study more, yeah. And that's going to be really great. Um, I, I am super curious about what will happen with like the pharmaceutical companies, um, and to see what type of, um, you know, if they try to, you know, there, there is, you know, like there's a, you know, there's a spray, there's a, you know, a CBD spray and a THC spray that's a commercially available in Europe and in Canada. And it's not commercially available here because it just doesn't have a, it doesn't have a market. Um, and I'm curious if that the rescheduling, even though it's still federally illegal, will will cause some of these you know some of these bigger pharmaceutical companies, somebody you know, someone who would actually be able to turn you know turn turn the market on and actually uh, be able to to get this product that that it's you know uh, commercially available and people are actually using it and it's not just you know kind of niche like some of the other cannabis thc products that are pharmaceuticals already yeah. uh, like a marinol um you would uh I'm, i i just think that they're yeah, i think that this will allow for some of them to want to get in yeah. and want to play and i i will see what do you think about that i think you should probably leave the you know just i don't know if you if you can it's tough because like if somebody's going to be served by it, then maybe it's good. That's the Steve I know, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, so it's, yeah, so it's like if, if um, you know, I know, like, people like my dad, you know, maybe it, you know, it's the education, but we got to get them to go. I know that there's a, a, you know, Yellow Labs has a spray, you know, that's the same exact spray as what's in this, uh, you know, in this pharmaceutical product that would, you know, eventually get patented and be controlled. And it's like I would rather somebody go, 
And, you know, I know that the, the, it's already being tested and it's regulated and it's safe enough for patients and it's in, it's in the market already. So that would be great if you could get the person to just go do that. But there's a certain percentage of the population who may not ever be able to get that treatment because they want to go through, uh, you know, the proper channels going to see a doctor or whatever. Um, so that they, to, to have that available for them as well could be a good thing as long as it didn't impede the, the, the people like Yellow Labs who are trying to, you know, trying to do the spray or... Um. It's it's scary, and, and I think in the same vein, um, if we have rescheduling, I don't know if this will... This is definitely will be something in rescheduling, um, but more likely if we did legalization, but um, pharmaceutical companies would go on an acquisition frenzy. There are a lot of cannabis operators who would love to exit the business and get their money back and then some or whatever if pharma companies could start collecting little operators in every state and get into the cannabis business that way, they could shove cash at these people, right? And then all of a sudden you've got a publicly traded pharmacy company owning cannabis. You got pre-recorded sounds over there, Jacob. Do you have throwing up? Uh, like that <laughs> no, makes, but I almost did. <laughs> that scares the shit out of me because I trust the cannabis industry to who is currently uh, in charge, which are passionate people, whether they are business passionate or cannabis passionate i like to think it's like 70 percent cannabis passionate 30 percent business passionate with some overlap um they're doing a good job you know the, the industry is not perfect but i know that like coast cannabis is one of my favorite one of my favorite pro products um and they care about everything they make like they care about everything they make that's cool i get to eat that yeah that's that's like what's gonna make it better it's like i I just try to think of like uh, you know one of these pharmaceutical companies coming in and and, and taking over like the Doctor B Well honey process and to see how much they would butcher it and like how quickly they would butcher it. Um, oh, you know, just overnight. because the yeah overnight just because of the way that they like I've been in those I've been in those rooms and I've I've you know I've been a part of those conversations and I know the way those people think and it's not the same way that people in cannabis necessarily think. Um, yeah, to the tune of like it just you know like local honey would be gone, you know, yeah. would be getting like the rice syrup. You well, know, the well, next they, day. they wouldn't follow your, uh, your, your, uh, um, tenant either of using honey from wherever that's like, what I'm lo saying. locally sourced. Yeah. Honey right. To, to, if it's a Massachusetts product, it's going to be Massachusetts honey. If it's a Maine, it's going to be Maine honey. If you're going to expand other, other States, give me that honey. Right. Cause there's a lot of uh, health benefits from having the, the honey that's in your ecosystem. They're going to have a honey farm yeah, in exactly. one state. Mix half of it with rice syrup. Yeah. And sell it everywhere. And so, yeah, and that's that's the thing, dude. It's Ugh. like, it's really, it is really gross. And I don't, I, I didn't even like think about that. Them like, you know, coming in and actually starting to operate the, you know, being operators like them, the pharmaceutical companies. I, I was only thinking of them trying to like create products no. and get in that way. No, they're gonna go acquisition crazy because the infrastructure is already there. It's, right. it, it's a turnkey purchase, right? Yeah. You buy it and you're producing stuff the next day. Um, there are people. You have the lab set up. You have the kitchen set up so they can go in you there. You don't need to hire people. Keep the same staff and pay Literally. them more. Like the founders who used to be making 80K a year because they couldn't pay themselves that much because they weren't generating that much. Pay them 300K a year. Keep them around to run it. It's going to be easy. It could happen overnight. It's scary. But there are a lot of people. I mean, I'm a, I'm a corporate attorney. I'm a transactional attorney. We do M&A. We do debt finance. We do venture capital, whatever. There are people in my world that are, would be really excited about that happening because we'd have a bunch of deals to do. You know, we'd have a bunch of deals to document, make a bunch of legal fees off these deals. Um, it's, not where I, it's not where I want to see the cannabis industry go. I love working, but I'm hoping that there will be M&A, VC, and debt work 
in our current industry. There is. That's what I do on a daily basis. Um, yeah, maybe it's not billions of dollars deals yet, um, but it could be with some changes, right? Rescheduling or descheduling, um, fix two eighty e and let cannabis companies bank. Yeah, let them let them be. Uh, you know, just let the li- li- even the playing field. You yeah. know, even the playing field. Like why? You know, I the the two eighty e thing. Like and you know, like Gus was saying, just so you, you can't deduct you know, things from your business, you know, in the same manner that you would if you were running an alcohol distribution company. It's like, uh, alcohol is fucking killing people, dude, like crazy. It's, you know, it's, drunk driving is like, you know, one of the number of, you know, number top fives, you know, drunk, you know, uh, ways of death. And it's like, you know, never mind all the liver cirrhosis and all the the problems that come from alcohol. And it's like, this is, you know, they get to, they get to write all their shit off. Like every mistake I've ever made in my life. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. Is alcohol Alcohol related. Uh, I've made only not only good decisions on cannabis, but I've never made really bad decisions on cannabis. Made dumb ones or eating way too much Taco Bell. You know? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you don't get high and go. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna cost this woman at the bar for sure. <laughs> I'm more like I should probably go home. <laughs> yeah, man, and it's like it's this this you know this like mindset of like the the you know the negative stigma behind it and it's like that's kind of what's funny about law you know what i think is like just funny about like how things happen in this country like that like from my understanding like cannabis was it's it was a it was because it was psychoactive and they uh you know also because of hemp and you know they want to make hemp illegal and i heard you know i've read about like you know nylon you know nylon rope you know, which was controlled by DuPont, you know, a chemical company, you know, they, they lobbied against him yeah, big huh. time because, you know, to make it so that they w- couldn't. William Randolph Hearst, last podcast of yours I listened to, you brought him up. I mean, he didn't want him to take over pa- his paper mills, you yeah. know, so lobbied against it. It's so pathetic. You ever seen Pineapple Express, one of the greatest movies of all time? Yes, yes. <laughs> and when they decided to make it illegal, just that, I, I love that. Like, that's how comical to me it is, like. That's what I picture happening is Bill Hader or whoever it was just <laughs> poof, poof, poof. <laughs> you know what I think about your dog and pony shit? They're like, no, item nine is illegal. Like, that's how it got here. You guys didn't put any thought into it. You got no studies. You just were like, this is dangerous to my interests. Dan- dangerous to my interests. Get it the fuck Get out, the out of here. Out of here. <laughs> yeah. And there's been uh, rebel warriors ever since, baby. Dude, that's really what it is, and that's why—that's who we want to continue to steward the, yes. you know, to steward that's this. A great great yeah. way to put it. Yeah, it's like the people who we want in charge, man. We need it. We need it to, to be the people who have been here, who are the one who have true stake in it, not the pharmaceutical companies. If you haven't bought cannabis from a stranger in a parking lot in your life, I don't want you stewarding this industry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. What do we call it, Jake? What do we call it, Jacob? That's a giddy up. <laughs> That's a giddy up, baby. I love it. It's uh, you know the, the the institutional knowledge that like people can bring from being in the you know in this in this uh, you know space. Like you know you just don't you know what, what like if you weren't part. You know I get it now. You needed the influx of of people who were passionate about yeah. the yeah. business, the thirty yeah. percent to yeah. take it to this level because yeah. the cannabis people they were busy doing cannabis and they didn't know how to you know they not weren't worried about scaling business. A lot of money. And not and not a lot of them had a ton of money. So you needed that part part of it to come in. But once you got that that marriage, you've seen what's happening. This this industry and you wouldn't call it overnight, but in the, uh, you know you look at Massachusetts, you look at Maine and in a in a three to five year period, you have this beautiful booming economy that can be continuously lifted up if we do things the right way. Yeah. And we kind of release some of these, uh, you know, the uh, handcuffs, yep. some of the guardrails that have been on it. Yep. No, it's crazy. It's That's crazy. it. 
Let's say, and two, make it, it'll just make it safer so we can study it more. And then we yeah. can talk about it more. We can say like, hey, dude, we just found out that, you know, that cannabis, if you put it on your, you know, if you're doing this during a surgery, you know, and you, you do this with cannabis, it's going to create this outcome, yeah. you know, something that we never would have studied before, you know, and you can have all these off, you know, off-label indications that we're going to find out that we will get to actually study. And then we will get to, uh, you know, bring into like the last thing I want to say about this would be able to bring it into the payer structure. You know, maybe like I don't necessarily agree with the third party payer structure. I yeah. think insurance is, is a lot of yeah. bullshit a lot of the time and health insurance is it needs to be fixed. It needs to be a better system than what we have. Um, but it's it's being able to get your insurance, your cannabis to be covered by your insurance. That maybe is a possibility, you know, and that, you know, I don't think that that's a, a bad thing. Um, you you're, know, you're going to have hitmen at your house tonight from Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. And Harvard Pilgrim. They're you coming. want us to cover what? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to cover nothing. You're trying to add something to the coverage. You're trying to add. I'm trying to cover nothing, yeah. and then two, like by you know getting can. But you want to know what you want? Maybe you'd get healthier people. So maybe yeah. they would have. You know, I'd advocate say, hey guys, so you're going to get healthier people. It'll cost by, you less in the long. Cost run. you less in the long run. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you're going to have less people that are that are having you know more severe uh, you know mental health outcomes. You know, because they've been able to, to you know, get a, a prescription for cannabis and they've been able to help themselves. They've been able to get some sleep. They've been working on their anxiety, their PTSD. Yeah. Um, they've been having boardroom meetings with their, their internal family system and bring it all together. Yeah. No, we can only hope. We can only hope, man. We can only hope. Um, you know, where uh, where can the people find you if, they, uh, if they'd if they like to? If they need me, yeah. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Gustav Stickley. Um, I'm an attorney at Burns and Levinson in Boston. I live in Cambridge. I'm always around town. Um, I'm happy to chat with anybody at any time. And if you need legal needs, uh, see what I can do. Yeah. Open to open to those, uh, those conversations that just spring up. Like we're talking about, you know, you got to give those times so that some, you know, you might meet someone on the street, say, hey, I heard you on the Dr. Be Well podcast. And then boom, that relationship goes. Now, next thing you know, you're texting that guy on Saturday night, you know, yeah. that person said, Hey, can you hang out? I you waited know? two days. So I feel like this text is merited. Uh, I think you're really cool. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'll tell you what Gus, it's been so awesome. It's been a long time coming. It's been so awesome to have you on the show. I hope that this is something that we can uh, do in the future. Um, you know, this has been super informative, uh, you know, for, for myself. I know that the audience is going to, you know, is definitely going to love it. Um, you know, thank you guys so much for, for listening to us today. Uh, you know, if you need us, you know where to reach us. And until next time, baby, giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs>